covering sports, entertainment, special guests, film sessions, and some drinking. Okay, a lot of drinking. Viewer discretion is advised. And now, here's your host, Barry Lamanac. What's up, you damn dirty dickheads? Welcome to Barry on Deck. I am your host, Barry Lamanac. Thank you guys for being here. Today is Thursday, February 1st, 2024. And this is episode number 746. Barry on deck. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the program. Hey, hello. How are you? Uh, welcome in, everybody. <laughs> uh, good to have you all along for the ride. We have a full three-hour show today. Uh, and then we call it a week. We are done for the week. And uh, we'll be back. Yo, I'm an Astros fan. Thank you for the 100 bits, my friend. Hell of a way to start the show. Thank you, sir. Uh, yeah, we've got a full slate. I have a guest for you today. So it's not just my dumb ass talking the entire time. Uh, we have a, a smart person going to join me. Uh, talk Houston Texans. Jonathan Alexander of the Houston Chronicle going to be here. Uh, had an article that he put out about a couple of critical, crucial, key pieces to the Texans' success this past year, coming back and returning uh, for another year with the organization. So I'll have him on. We'll get his thoughts on that and find out what that means and what to expect. Uh, of course, we got to talk about the games that were played last week. Probably won't get into any Super Bowl talk until next week. There's, there's just no point. I mean, there's no point in discussing Super Bowl a whole 10 days, 12, 7, 9, yeah, 10 days before? What? We got 10 sleeps until Super but No, we're not doing that. Not going to do that. Uh, so we'll just uh, we'll save that for next week. So listen, um, we'll get into some NBA talk. I know a lot of you don't want to talk NBA, and I don't care. We have to. It is mandatory we talk NBA because this is a sports show, and it's a sport. I mean, I guess we could talk cricket. I guess we could talk, I don't know, a plethora of other things. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're, we'll get into some NBA talk. I'll try to make it as interesting as possible for you. Okay. Um, so we'll do that. And uh, I think that's. About it. I had one other thing. Oh, uh, what the heck? Where'd it go? Oh, I got a cool video for you. Um, a video from a top Mount Everest. If you're scared of heights, it'll make you a little squeamish. It'll make you a little sick to your tummy. So be careful. Uh, but it's pretty dope. It's a it's a cool way to look at the top of Mount Everest without having to actually climb to the. There's no way I could. By the way, there's there's no way. I could climb Mount Everest. And that it's not even the cold. It's not the 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 the, the, the danger of the cold. It's the height. It's just get what? No. Oh. Oh, we do, Jen. Yes. I need to make that public. I haven't done that yet. Um, but we still do have Super Bowl squares available. 
Uh, and I'm going to release that to the public. I guess I need to do it today. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. I don't know how many are left, but if you haven't gotten your Super Bowl squares in, uh, do so. And the easiest way to do that is email Jen, Jen at BarryOnDeck.com. Just shoot her an email and um, she'll send you the link and all the information. It's really easy. It's all done online. So I bought four squares. And we have two cards. That's it. When they're full, they're full. We do no more. That's it. No more. Uh, so, yeah, we, you just pick your squares where you want them, and you're good to go, baby. You, you send the money to Jen. You don't have to pay in the app. You send it to her, either Venmo or PayPal, or I think you can send food stamps. She takes EBT cards, carrier pigeon. So there's a lot of ways you can get her the money. Uh, and then, pfft, after that, you just sit back and relax and count your money or not. Just depends what numbers you get. Um, so, yes, get in on that. It's a, it's a good time. What we did is we launched the squares first uh, just on the Discord. And so the only ones that knew about it was Patreon and Discord members. I don't even think I pasted it to Patreon, to be honest with you. I think I goofed. Um, God. So, yeah, last week was... This is literal hell for me. Um, but this uh, it's it's only been open at first to anybody that was a member of Patreon and specifically on the Discord. And now we're gonna open it up to the public. Maybe I'll maybe I'll post it on Patreon today and give everybody like 24 hours notice that didn't get a chance. And then we'll get it on there. We got time. We got plenty of time to fill out the boards. I'm not worried about it. We've filled out four boards before i'm not worried about filling out two we'll we'll do that with no problemo so yeah just email jen jen at barry on deck.com and you'll get your super bowl squares i was surprised when i logged in and it's super easy it's all done online but i was surprised when i logged in no one had chosen the number 69 i like it because the way it works is, uh, let's see here. Hold on. Let me see my email from Jen. Oh, Jenny. Jennifer. By the way, Jen hates when you call her Jennifer. Um, she said that she would stab you if you ever did that. So don't do that. There we go. Jen, uh, football squares. Uh, you have to put in the password. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Jen will send all this to you. It's pretty darn easy. And then, uh, what? What? Okay. Well, apparently I don't have my login now. But it's super easy. Just just trust me on this. But you pick a square. So basically it starts, top left is one, and it goes all the way through. So you just put a checkbox in the squares you want, wherever you want them, and you say bye. And then, um you'll send her the money and you have like 24 48 hours to pay for your squares and if you don't they get released back to the board so you better be ready okay joe correction i stand corrected chat stand corrected she says actually i hate jenny jennifer is okay how about yennefer in an accent oh there you go well there you go yennefer that's from the witcher anybody watch the no nobody played the Video game Yennefer from from what Yennefer of something I don't know what is a Yennefer the Witcher Yennefer was uh Geralt and Yennefer their full love story 
Yeah. Jennifer of Vangerberg. Sounds like finger bang. A little bit. It did. It's That's not appropriate. And I apologize for saying that out loud. I wonder how Griselda would pronounce it. I have heard so much about this show. What am I missing with Griselda? Is it Griselda? Griselda? Gr- I don't know. What's up, Shock? What am I missing with Griselda? I hear so much about this show. Do I need to watch it? Is it stupid? Is it is it dumb? I've I've just heard a lot about it. Uh, Griselda. Uh, I think my wife probably wants to watch it. Oh, is that? It's got Sofia Vergara. Oh, I'll watch it now. I don't. If it's got Sofia Vergara in it, I'll watch it. I will watch it. Pass me a drink while singing. It's all good. Okay. Yeah, this is all Griselda inside talk. I don't know any of this. Um, All right, let's get to this. We got a lot to do. Uh, Don't forget, about 2.30 is when uh, Jonathan Alexander is going to join me from the Houston Chronicle uh, to talk all things Texans. So I'm, I'm hesitant to get into any hot and heavy topics. Uh, before we get him on the show, on the program. I will say this. Two of you, two of you have already spoiled the topics of discussion for today. I hate when you guys do that. I was just going to tell you right now. I hate it. I hate it. It does not like, it doesn't trigger me. But Ian, and Ian is one of the worst. Ian just posts headlines all day long. Doesn't even give me a chance to get to him. Within three minutes of the show starting, Ian will post all the topics. And it's like, could you just, could you just wait? We have three hours. And then the other one is D-Mata. I, I sir, D-Mata, sir, how dare you think that I would not mention the news of Formula One? What? As big as that news is, it's ginormous. So, of course, I would mention it. We're going to deep dive into it. I'm just, no, we're not. We'll discuss it, but we're not going to deep dive into Formula One. Nonetheless. Only on this show. Only on this. Yeah, and then he leaves, Donna. Exactly. Ian gives us the headlines and then he leaves. And it's like, only on this show do you guys come in and just ruin all the topics for the day. Nowhere else does this happen. Nowhere else. Nowhere else. Just here. It's just because I read the chat. Ugh. Why do I do this to myself? Who's here? Jared's here. What's up? D Mata, what's up? Um, what the heck? Oh, here we go. Who else? Um, John Dorier, Rudy Rod, two days in a row on time. Thank you for noticing, sir. I very much appreciate that. I I am trying. I'm not saying I'm going to be consistent in every day, but I am damn sure giving it the old college try. What's up, PP Doves? What's up, Joel? Um, who else? Alex Villanueva. Hi from, I don't know where. I'm just driving. Be safe. Uh, Homer Astros fan. Good to see you. My sweet, sweet Donna. How are you? Jen is in the building. H-Town dude. Wasn't a fan, but too bad the general got cut at 6'10". Is that true? Hey, guys, what up? I, did they cut him loose over at the, at the flagship? I didn't hear about that. Um, uh, you know what? Here's the thing. I'm not a fan either. 
but I do respect, I do respect um, what John McClain has accomplished in his career um, and all of the things that he's done. Um, it, it, it does not necessarily surprise me that they have cut him. I, I mean, he's not with the Chronicle anymore, so that carries some cachet. Um, it just becomes, if you're not writing, you know what I mean? Like, I think people look at it as, well, are you an insider? And it's like, well, he still is. He still can be. Um, I know he was doing like a Sunday morning podcast or a podcast with Sean Pendergast. I watched it one day and it was kind of a tough watch because, you know, you got Shawnee who's all prepared and professional and he's got his notes and he's, you know, looking at the camera and it's very nice. The camera's a very nice camera. You can, it's clear, you can see. And then you got John and it looks like he's underwater doing the show from a submarine. It's very fuzzy. It's just, it's not, it's not conducive to a good watch. And he was making a bunch of mistakes and, and, and look, everybody makes mistakes when they talk, but it was like, Shawnee had to correct him, and I think he probably felt bad for that. And then uh, the general's like, "What I say?" And it was just like, "Oh man, this is that's not good. This is tough." But but I I you know what? He's still really good at what he does. John McClain is, and I much respect, much respect. CC said, "Hi, deck holes." That's not. How we greet each other. Um, who else is here? Let me see, run through here real quick. Jen, CC, Shock, Alex Villanueva, I got Mark G. What's up? Uh, I think I got everybody. Oh, <laughs> Shock said like me running hot routes every week. That's true. I, I, me, you, sir, you would ruin hot routes. How dare you, sir? How dare you? Amos said, note to mods, mute those people the first 30 minutes of every episode. I, I didn't lose it. Let's see. Sean says, Jurgen Klopp is leaving Liverpool. Damn, Sean! Give me a second to get to the biggest sports news in the world right now. Just kidding. I wasn't going <laughs> to. Hey, what's up, Total Dallas? Total Dallas said, kids are taking a quiz. Nice. What are, they, what are you quizzing them on? Post, post, a, post a question in the chat. Total Dallas, and let's see if we can all get the answer. Yeah? Post a question from your quiz in the chat, and let's see if the rest of us are smart enough to answer it. Okay? Let's see it. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Donna said uh, the, the show Griselda is Drug Lords of the 70s. Okay. Again, I'm with Jacques. Sophia Vergara, I'm in. I'm good. Now she's not even a great actress. Doesn't care. Her, I would say that her two accomplishments would just keep me interested. Um, so there you go. That's that's how you you want to you want to keep me interested in a in a show. Have some big accomplishments. Just a couple of nice big heaving accomplishments. That's all. Um. Oh, shock said they laid him off yesterday. Ooh. Friday, last day. Oh, it's this Friday? Oof. So they announced it? Whew. Yikes. Uh, Friday's his last day. Now the Texans are winning. Peeps tired of him dissing them. 
Uh, you know what I did think about though when when H Town dude when you said that and we were discussing it, one of my thoughts was, uh, you know, it there, the team is getting younger. The team is trending younger in general. The they're trying to revitalize the fan base. They're trying to, you know, they're just all everything is different over there. And so I wonder if maybe they want coverage to be a little bit different. There's a lot of good young NFL guys in this city and around the state. And maybe they're just like, yeah, you know, maybe it's maybe we don't need the general anymore. Maybe we'll just settle for a captain or a a corporal. I don't know. A private. I don't know. So that that might have something to do with it. I'm not 100 percent sure, Um, but it sucks. I know how that feels for sure. When you get laid off, but I, you know, he retired from the Chronicle and radio's radio. So yeah, uh, he's terrible now. was terrible back then. That's Sean. We all know Sean hates everything. Uh, Friday's his last day. It was okay. Last 20 years. We have exceeded the Villanova quota. One's got to go. Okay. Total surface area of a rectangular prism. What is this? Minus 5x12. What? Oh, 5 times 12 times 4. Oh. Yeah, that's uh 240. Did I get it right? I'm going to put my answer in the chat. Did I get it right? Did I? Is that? Did I? H-Town Dude said he still has the Titans. Well, I doubt that for very long, if I'm being honest. Uh, Amos said those accomplishments don't make it to the screen quite a few times. Oh, do make it to the screen. Oh, oh, good. Like full accomplishments? Like we see the full accomplishments or we just see like a little bit of the accomplishments? Oh, those are the dimensions. I thought we were just doing. Oh, total surface area of a rectangular prism. Oh, geez. Okay, so a rectangular prism. So that's length times width times height. Uh, 240 cubed. What is 240 cubed? Whatever that is. It's five. Is it squared? Cubed. A prism? I don't know. It was like five cubed times 12 cubed times four cubed. I don't know. So it would be like what? Um, Oh, hell. Look at this. SA equals Okay, what's what is what's the big deal with uh, second base? I don't understand that. Surface area equals pH balance plus second base. I have no idea what that is. Oh, I'm doing volume. Shit. Well, there you go. Who's dumb? Okay, <clears throat> I thought that was just like your the equation was five times twelve times four. I was like, uh, nailed it. Mm, so good. Um. <laughs> But it's what? The prism height plus two times the base equals surface area? CC said, please, no math. Uh huh. CC, I bet. I bet if the math was different. <laughs> Jen said, man, then that's why I'm in HR. Bleep that math. Yeah. I bet if the math was different for CC, if it was like, you've got, uh, you've got one man from the Congo, you've got, uh, another man from the Congo. What is 12 plus 12? 
CC be all about that. Um, okay. He's still with the Titans. Accomplishments don't make much. Uh, okay, got everybody. All right, cool. Caught up. Good to go. Um, yeah. Jonathan Alexander are gonna be joining us here shortly to talk. Uh Houston Texans, I believe. I believe. Unless he emails me and tells me he can't. He said he had um he may have to cover something at three, so. The answer is three. When in doubt, the answer is three. Yeah, that doesn't always work. I mean, I suppose it could, but I think most teachers uh, know that already, and so they don't. They don't. They don't do that, right? I think total Dallas. You know that most people were going to put C if they don't know the answer. So, do you try to avoid putting the answer at C? I would. I certainly would. I would not give you the satisfaction of being able to guess your way through the test. Look at, look at, look at Dubs. What? Come on, Dubs. PP Dubs got the answer right. Let's go. Look at PP Dubs Googling. Bitch, I know you Googled it. I know you Googled it. There ain't no way, Dubs. Ain't no way. I've met, I've met Dubs. He ain't that smart. Okay. There's no way he's that smart. No way. Two shots, three X an hour. Go. No, that's not. No, we're not. No, you don't get to. You know what? By the way, not you, Alex, but, um, you know what I hate? I hate when people on the internet, I hate when people on the interwebs, I hate the people that are like. Name the best restaurant for fuck. Go. Like, no, bitch, you go. I, I hate when people do the go thing. It, I don't know why. It drives me crazy, though. Name the best vacation spot in the continental United States. Go. Oh, you go. Google it. Okay, I'm not your search engine. I'm not your personal ass Jeeves. You Google it. You look it up. It's different if you're just like, hey, anybody got a good suggestion on where to go on vacay? That's just as less aggressive. You know what I mean? Hey, uh, where could I get some good pho on the north side? That's that's I I can I'll answer those. But if you hit me with that best pho on the north side, go. I'm like block. I'll block you. I'll straight up block you. I will. You know how many people I've blocked for go? Way more than I've blocked for correcting my spelling. PB Dub said I'm a hater because I said he was stupid. There's no way he would have gotten that answer without Googling it. Fair. Okay, that's that's fair, fair and balanced. Um Okay, what was I doing over here? Oh. What? What is that? I don't need that. All right. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I'm I'm super excited. Oh, what's this? Oh, they actually answered my question. I'll be darned. Um, a couple things. Super excited about. And then if we uh if we can't get uh, Jonathan by say two forty two forty five, we'll just go ahead and roll. And then if he joins us, he joins us. If he doesn't, he doesn't. No big deal. Um couple things though before we get into the sports headlines first of all uh tomorrow 
I'm super dope excited. Have you guys ever heard of the El Gato Cafe? Have you guys ever heard of this? It's in best best cafe for cats. Go. Um, John Dorier said two shots, three X an hour. Go. Your ass would be drunk. Well, yeah, that's how you say fuh. Wow, 30 years saying it wrong. <laughs> really? Amos Bilal, foe? Hey, man, y'all want some foe? Y'all want that? At, you know what? I feel like Amos, Amos doesn't even say, he, Amos says it wrong, wrong. Right? Instead of foe, when it's supposed to be pronounced fuh, I feel like Amos still says it wrong, wrong. He's like, y'all want any po? I'm sorry, what? Y'all want some poe? Some, some what, Amos? Uh, y'all want some poe? Okay. I don't know what that is. Some poe. P-H-O. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, for show. Uh, no, yeah, I, that's, I, I, okay. Full disclosure, somebody corrected me on it a long time ago, Amos. I never knew. I was all like, man, what is foe? And they were like, it's foe. And I was like, well. Go fuh yourself. Okay. I don't know. Ooh, Tony said, good afternoon. Peeping in, watching soccer. Hala Madrid. I thought that said halal at first. I was like, oh, it's uh it's like kosher Madrid. Okay. Um well good. I'm glad you're watching soccer, but I do appreciate you uh popping in. Um yeah, so Nora and I. Uh, I saw this place on Instagram and there's a place here in Houston. It's off of North Main and 45 and it's called the El Gato. Uh, hold on. It is called the El Gato. Let's see. Uh, where'd it go? The El Gato coffee house and charities. And basically, um, you go and you have coffee in in this coffee shop where there's nothing but cats running around. And you got to like cats, all right? Like, if you're not into cats, you definitely don't want to go have a coffee and be all like, <laughs> it's not worth it if you're just drinking cat hair and you hate cats. You know what I mean? Like, you got to really like cats in order to drink cat hair. And that's the thing. That's a, kind of a requirement of going to this. But Nora and I love cats. We we have two of them, and this is our these are our fourth cats together. I admit I never liked cats before I met her, but since they have grown on me, and I love them, and they're wonderful animals, wonderful pets, love them to death. But she wanted to do something tomorrow. I'm off. She's off, and she was like, "Let's let's do something like a little, um, you know, little date, a little something during the day." It's like, all right. So we're going to go do that. Uh, what else should we do? Go. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so we're, I'm going to take her to that. I got, uh, which crazy thing is it's a charity, right? It's kind of like, you remember how we would do special pals? Yes, across from Whataburger. That's correct, Alex. We want to wave on. Um, we used to do stuff for special pals. It's kind of like that in that they're a charity and they're always trying to find homes for these kittens. And Nora was like, I'm nervous. I'm gonna. We're gonna leave with one. I was like, "Oh, don't worry. We're no. I'm not. You might leave with one, but I will certainly not be leaving with another mouth to feed in this house. Um, and another 
animal to be taking up room in our bed. Certainly not doing that. Um, does it say? First thing that popped in my head was that little kid saying, hey, bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> um, uh, take a sponsorship package with you. <laughs> That's a good point, Jen. Nor be like, are you really trying to sell them? I'm like, yes. Okay, yes, I am. Um, so we're going to go do that. And then there's a museum in town. There's a museum in town called the Illusion Museum. Museum of Illusions. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Oh, boy. I did not. Oh, wait. I just scratched my arm and now I'm bleeding to death. Alex said, what time are we meeting? I swear to God, if you showed up while me and my wife are on a on a date, I would fight you. I would fight you in the streets. I would fight you. What? Um, yeah, we're going to be there probably about 430. Boy, I did not spell museum or illusions right. That is pretty sad. Um, Sean said, I'm more of a no pet kind of guy in case y'all were curious. What? So shocked. Super surprised. You're not a pet guy. Sean, the guy that hates everything doesn't want pets. What? All right. The museum of illusions. Let's check this out though. I want to show you this kind of cool. So I'm going to take her to this. She's, she kind of knows, but she doesn't know, but she kind of knows. Because I've suggested it several times. Uh, this is pretty dope. And it actually popped up. It was one of those creepy moments where I was like, well, what do you want to do with that day? And she was like, I don't know. Maybe we could like, go to a museum or something. I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. I'm not adverse to culture. I'm a sophisticated man with a sophisticated palate. And so like a day later on my Instagram, this popped up. And I was like, stop watching me, Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, the Museum of Illusions in Houston. And they have like all kind of different stuff you go through. And it's like all this cool stuff, right? Like, so you're in this, uh, you're like in that and you're doing these things. And there's all kinds of, uh, it's just a lot of illusions and trickery. Um, Yeah. So they've got like exhibits. Let's see. Oh, there you go. Isn't that wild? Like that's a floor. So you like, yeah, you can take pictures and stuff. It's pretty cool. It's going to be neat, I think. There's got like different illusions on the walls and all kinds of stuff. So it should be cool. It should be neat. My arm is bleeding like crazy. That's not good. Uh, but I'm going to take her to that probably. Probably. I don't know. How much are tickets? Let's see. Let's see, ticket prices. This is probably expensive, and I'm going to die. Ha ha! Just kidding. 26 bucks. That's not bad. 26 bucks is a terrible. Alex, thank you for the five bits, buddy. Yeah, 26 bucks is a bad. Um, eh. Oh, man. I almost qualify for senior discount. 60. That's crazy. Let's see by car. Where is it located at? 
uh, it's on Westheimer. Okay, oh, okay. I'm not. I'm not angry at this. How do you zoom out? How do you use Control plus Scroll? Oh, there we go. Oh, it's on sixteen. Okay, that's not terrible. Yeah, that's not terrible. Yeah, so we're gonna go do that. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, Alexander, what's up, man? How's my favorite streamer? I leave tomorrow out to sea for two weeks. Your streams are the highlights of my day. Brother, I appreciate you, man. Safe travels. Thank you for your service. Be careful out there. Um, don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. I don't know. That's it. I want to go. 4.30 tomorrow. Got it. Damn it, Cece. I'll fight you, too. Actually, I wouldn't fight you. If Cece showed up, that'd be a fun day. If Alex Villanueva showed up, not as fun. Not as fun. Just not as fun. Nor be like, who's the weird guy? I'd be like, it's me, babe. She'd be like, no, uh, yeah, I know. Who's the other guy? <laughs> um, What is this? Cece, are, are we happy or sad about Quinn? I don't know what that means. Boy, bye. Bring Mama Vrabel. What? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Bring mama. So 4.30 tomorrow is the deckhead meetup. Got it. Yes, yes, 4.30. 4.30. I'll bring my umbrella flask. Yes. 4.30, meet up. Let's do it. I'll, yeah. If I'm not there, you guys just hang out and wait, okay? At 4.30. I'll see you there, guys. Hey, what's up, Heartthrob? Thank you, buddy. I'll show up to the date just on the merit of driving nine hours to do it. Please don't. Please don't drive because this will be the last thing I do is show up at 4.30. Just FYI. You think I'm going to take my wife on a date and then hang out with all of you people? Expose her to you? No. She'd make me quit this show. She'd be like, this is who you do the show for? Yeah, you got to quit. That's weird. Not doing that. Uh, all right, so here we go. Um, we're gonna do this. Let's see. We'll give him a second to get situated in the uh, in the green room. But uh, Jonathan Alexander, as I mentioned earlier, of the Houston Chronicle, about to join me. We're gonna talk all things Texans now. Specifically, uh, he had an article that he he wrote about some some. I was gonna say changes, but really, it's not changes. Uh, to the Houston Texans that are uh, big. And we'll get the, his opinion on the implications of that and uh, much more. So as soon as uh, as soon as I say I've got my eye on him in the green room, as soon as he's ready, you just give me a thumbs up, Jonathan, when you're ready to go. And, um, and we'll – are you good now? All right, let's do it then, you guys. Joining me right now, you can follow him on Twitter, at John M. Alexander. He is a writer for the Houston Chronicle. Just had an article come out. In fact, I'm going to – Pull that article up again. Uh, where to go? Ooh. Good piece on um, the Texans. And oh, I forgot about the ad blocker. My bad, Cron. My bad, Cron. Uh, Chronicle website got me on that. All right, but he's got a good piece about two key components to the Houston Texans staff going forward, and that's Bobby Slowick and Gerard Johnson. So joining me on the program right now uh, from the Houston Chronicle is Jonathan Alexander. Jonathan Alexander. Jonathan, what's up, man? How are you? I'm pretty good. How about you, Barry? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Uh, I liked the article, and it was cool to see the info get out. And I tell you what, as a Texans fan, it's a huge relief to know that this team is getting back both 
uh, Bobby Slowick and uh, Gerard Johnson. Your initial thoughts just when you heard the news. Yeah, I mean, it kind of came as no surprise about Bobby Slowick, uh, just given the fact that, you know, he was one of many. There were a lot of great candidates for the openings that they had, and he was just kind of beat out. He only had one year as a play caller, so that went against him. Um, but um, just the fact that he's coming back is great news for the Texans because that means C.J. Stroud is going to have two years in the same offensive system. And as far as Gerard Johnson, we were a little bit unclear. He also had only one year of uh, as, as a quarterback's coach, um, but he had a lot of interviews and there were a lot of openings at offensive coordinator position. And he interviewed with the Buccaneers as recently as, as uh, Wednesday and then told them uh, that he was going to stay with the Texans, which makes a lot of sense because if Bobby Slowick leaves uh, next year, let's say he gets a job next year, yeah. Gerard Johnson could be uh, in line for a promotion as an offensive coordinator, which would be great for him because he's from Houston and they have a great quarterback already, and he knows knows the team. Makes a ton of sense. Who would have surprised you more that would have gotten a job with another organization, Slowick or, or Johnson? What would have surprised you more? Um, I think – I don't know if I'd be really so much surprised. I, I think Johnson has a little bit less experience. Um, so maybe him from that standpoint, but I would understand because you look at the way today's hirings happen and um, – you know, coach teams are enamored by offensive-minded coaches who make things happen. And for C.J. Stroud to come in and have the type of year that he had, arguably the greatest rookie season of all time, you got to give credit to to Gerard Johnson. And and D'Amico Ryan's was complimentary of him. C.J. Stroud was complimentary of him. That goes a long way. At the same time, he doesn't have much experience. He is, I think, thirty six. Was had one year as an assistant quarterbacks coach with the Vikings um, and so he's risen pretty quickly Bobby Slowick he's been around the block for a little bit his dad is the NFL defensive coordinator he was under the Mike Shanahan system so it's inevitable for him to get a job at some point I think it's going to happen next year yeah that's kind of what I felt I you know when they started interviewing Texans fans were kind of losing it a little bit like oh my gosh oh my gosh so it's like well first of all this is exactly what you want to have happen with your organization. If nobody wants your coaches, mm-hmm. you suck, right? So <laughs> <laughs> you definitely want to have hot commodities on your team. I mean, look at the Astros, right? Every year they've people want their players and they want their coaches, and that's because they're doing a great job. And I kind of I kind of thought and, and, and told people as much. I don't know that Slovak will get a job this year. He just he's only been an OC for one year, and it would seem a, a, a little abrupt to hand him the keys to an entire franchise um, with mm. just one year of season. Not that it hasn't happened yeah. before, but it's not something yeah. you see all the time in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. I, I think he, I think he is built to be a head coach because he's coached on both sides of the ball, has experience, comes from a coaching family, but he has, you're right. He has only had one year of play calling experience. And you saw early in this season, he struggled uh, with getting players in and out of the huddle, getting the play call. He was learning on the process early on. Now, he improved significantly as the year went on, but there is a lot to say about being in a system for longer than one year, having that experience for longer than one year. You take advantage, but I think Bobby has a lot going for him. Obviously, the Shanahan system is working for a lot of teams and a lot of coaches, so he'll have his, his pick of the litter next year. I think he'll be one of the top candidates next year. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and you know, another part of that is uh, 
being a head coach is a lot different than being a coordinator, right? Like coordinators, yeah. you're more X's and O's. As a head coach, you're more of a CEO. And so there's something that still exactly. plays, and I'm sure he would. Um, but yeah, you also have that CEO hat you have to wear as well. So that, that you, you should probably be a, be at his level for a year or two to see how it's done before you you take over. Um, so what are your thoughts going forward? I mean, this is a team. Um, what? Give me your thoughts on the, the next two or three years that you see for the Texans and um, talk about what does this team need to do in the offseason to take the next step? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, they have more than 30 free agents. They have a lot of guys. Obviously, Nick Casario, the last couple of years, had taken the approach of, of getting guys on short-term rentals, and now there's a lot of turnover, a lot of guys that they have to bring back, and not everybody they'll, they'll be able to bring back. I think, first of all, they got to bring back Jonathan Grenard. I think he's an important piece on that defensive line, and they want to build that defensive line. I think they also have to possibly sign a, a defensive tackle. Um, I think that's going to be key, strengthening that defensive line, making sure that they're solid on the offensive line and getting more depth on the offensive line because they went through a lot of injuries this past year. Um, I think figuring out what they're going to do on center and left guard um, is important. Is Kenyon Green part of your future? Is he not part of your future? Do you move on from him? Um, you know, I mean, they won't be able to release him. They will have a penalty. But I'm just saying, do you start somebody else? Do you start Drew Scruggs there, Jared Patterson? Um, I think uh, also re-signing Dalton Schultz is important. I think they got to continue to add weapons around C.J. Stroud and ensure that he continues on the path that he's continuing in. Because if you can continue to build pieces around him, this can be a dangerous team for many years to come. But it, it first starts with hitting this offseason and hitting in, in free agency and hitting in the draft. Do you think this is a team? I, I saw um, a YouTube video, some dude. He's like a Detroit Lion guy, but he was like, I talk all things football, and it was like uh, Texans could be surprisingly in on some big names and trades. And one of the names that they threw out was Aaron Donald. I was like, I, okay, oh, no. first of all, Aaron happen. Donald ain't getting traded. Somebody would be fine no. if that happened. But second of all, is this a team that is? This, are the Texans to that point yet where they're headhunting big names? So first, I would say like Aaron Donald is like untradeable. Um, yeah. You know, arguably, like, arguably, arguably the best player in the NFL. The yeah. Rams aren't going to get off of Aaron Donald. Mm. Um, second off, um, I do think that the Texans will try to hit bigger in free agency this year than they did last year. Having said that, I don't think, and I'll have a story out on this tomorrow. I don't think they'll be trying to get guy overpaying for guys. Like I don't think Mike Evans is a guy who's coming to Houston. Like his contract just. Aaron Donald's going to be one of the highest – I mean, not Aaron, Aaron Donald, I'm sorry. Mike Evans is going to be one of the highest-paid wide receivers, and the Texans have to pay Nico Collins, and eventually they'll have to pay Tank Dell. So they just don't have the money to pay a guy like that. But having said that, I do think they'll put their priorities in places like defensive line. They'll put their priorities uh, – um, yeah, defensive tackle position, defensive end. I do think that they'll try to spend – uh, money on that. They'll try to get a, a, another wide receiver to replace Noah Brown, who probably won't, won't return. Um, so I do think they'll spend probably a little bit more than what they spent last season, which you saw them spend a little bit more last season, and probably some guys to some longer-term deals. Yeah, and and look, they got a good core. I mean, this this it, I was thoroughly impressed and happily surprised at how good this team ended up being. You know, I questioned some of the moves. Um, that Casario made, but I tell you what, D'Amico coming to this organization 
has just made all the difference in the world. Um, just going back a little bit, because you had mentioned something about the offseason and figuring out what to do at center and guard. Talk a little bit about your thoughts on how well, or maybe if you don't think so, how how well they didn't play. But uh, this O-line was kind of a patchwork O-line all year. And you know what? I mean, credit where credit is due. I've always dogged the Texans when they've had bad O-lines. or if I didn't, And I was impressed with how well this O-line played considering all the turnover and injuries and everything else. Talk a little bit about that and then tell me, how come you're not hearing more about O-line coaches getting the credit? Or was that a Bobby Slowick play call thing that kind of masked it? No, I do think that the offense allows um, and the way they draw up um, plays and, and the offensive line blocks allows for them not to be as sacked. But you do have to give credit because they dealt with significant injuries, like you said, started in training camp. There was one game where they were down to four, four third-string offensive linemen. Um, and they were able to still uh, weather that storm. So you definitely got to give credit uh, to the offensive line coach and, and what they were able to do. I think building consistency there and, and having uh, guys in the right spots, like Titus Howard wasn't in his right spot. He didn't play right tackle at all last season before he got hurt. Um, Laramie Tunsil was dealing with some injuries. Um, Jared Patterson played center, and he had trained at left guard all, all off season. So – you get him at, at left guard maybe, or maybe you put him at center because he played so well during the time before he got hurt. Juice Scruggs had trained at center, and then they put him at left guard, and it was an adjustment period for him. Um, but he was able to kind of stabilize himself. Um, you got definitely got to give credit to the offensive line. Uh, I think this offseason, if they can remain healthy, I think that's one of the biggest things. They got to remain healthy and figure out who they want at what certain spots. We know Laramie Tunsil. It's going to be a left tackle. We know Titus Howard's going to be a right tackle. We know Shaq Mason's going to be a right guard. Who's going to be at left guard and center? I think that's going to be important. It will be. It's going to be interesting. Now, uh, I know you got to go here in just a second, but I saw when I hit you up about the, the show, you, you said, sorry, some breaking news happened. What uh, What's going on? It's just me and you. Ain't nobody watching this. Okay. Well, no, no. It, I mean, it was small breaking news, but I had to handle, <laughs> um, oh. you know, the Texas signed John Weeks. Uh, John Weeks to, to a deal. They, he was the first guy to AB sign. Uh, nice. from their free agent class. We're the longest senior player on the Texans. Yeah, uh, he's roster, been there so. for uh, since since uh, two thousand and one. It's uh, no. <laughs> it feels like he's been there it since two thousand and one. Like Man, how long has he been on the team now? Two thousand ten. Wow. When he uh, came into the league in two thousand eight. Was that tried out with the Lions and uh, didn't make the team, um, and was a fi- volunteer firefighter, <laughs> and then made the Texans. In 2010, played with D'Amico Ryans for two yeah. years. And uh, what, still on the team, one of the longest senior players. Other than the fans, he's the only one that knows how how the, the good and the bad <laughs> that this team has <laughs> gone through since then. That is the truth. That is <laughs> hey, the truth. Hey, dude, listen, I appreciate you doing this. Uh, I got your Twitter on there, at John M. Alexander. Any other places they can follow you? Obviously, read his stuff on the Chronicle, but follow you on Twitter. What else? Yeah, Twitter. uh, John M. Alexander, really, that's where I, I post most of my content. And, of course, HoustonChronicle.com. There you go. Hey, uh, Jonathan, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for doing this. Uh, hopefully this won't be the last time, man. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, it definitely won't have me on any time. A- absolutely. Hey, you guys, that's Jonathan uh, Alexander. Go follow him, John M. Alexander, on Twitter. We'll talk to you next time, man. Appreciate it. I'll see you. All right. Hey, that's good stuff. I was uh, When I saw him post the article, I was like, ooh, 
we got to get some juice on this. We got to get some uh, some insight on this. So I, I reached out to him, asked him if he would join me, and uh, sure enough, there you go. So uh, it's good to get that insight. And I tell you what, man, as a Texans fan, got to breathe a sigh of relief knowing that uh, Bobby Slowick is coming back to be the play caller for one more year. And and uh, Gerard Johnson coming back another year to be uh, the quarterback coach. So essentially, you know, one one key, two key components to the the successful season and the maturation of uh, C.J. Stroud coming back. So that's good, man. Oh yeah, and Jonathan Weeks. My bad, Dubs. You're right. You're right. I mean, it's more like Jonathan months and years now. He's been there so long. What? Come on. Who's got calendar jokes, huh? Where else you getting calendar jokes from your log snapper, people? Right here. That's where. Nowhere else. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Run it back. Yeah. Hey, what's up, B-Hannon? Good to see you, buddy. Um, Yeah, so we get... We get uh, Got a little insight there from uh from Jonathan Alexander and um and good stuff too. I'm I'm digging it. I like what he said about the offseason and yeah. All right, I need to do more of that. I need to get more of those guys on as we go through. Okay, let's do this. It's three o'clock. Uh let's take a quick little break. This is a quick one. Just uh let your boy go to the restroom now that we got that out. When we come back from the break, we are gonna uh, go through your sports headlines, and then I got some some really sad news from the world of sports. Um, and then we're going to talk a little NBA. We got to talk all-star game. That's coming up before you know it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about what just these two games that we just watched, uh, the AFC and NFC championship game. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, is there cause for concern in the NBA? We can discuss that as well. And uh, whatever's on your mind, I got some non-sports we can get into as well. So a whole lot of fun. I got a video of Mount Everest. It's crazy looking. You're not going to want to miss that. So we're going to take a quick little break, two, three minutes, nothing crazy. It won't be a five, six, seven-minute thing. A couple of minutes, we'll come back, and we'll get into more uh, Barry on deck. I'm your host, Barry Lamanek, man. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. We are right back shortly. Hang tight.
Hey, welcome back to the second hour of Mario Deck. I'm your host, Mary Lavinek. Thank you guys for sticking around through the break. Those of you that did, uh, we lost a few of you. That's okay. No hard feelings. Um, <laughs> Amos said, you're listening to Jazzy Hip Hop Lo-Fi on the BOD Network. That was, I don't even know what song that was. Let's see, hold on. Uh, music. I don't know what song that was. Uh, oh, here's the list. Was that Sunny Morning? I don't know what that was. Was that B.O.D. Break 2? Let's see if that is. Yeah, I don't know what song that is. I haven't listed as B.O.D. Break 2. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, what's up, Evil Death? Good to see you, homie. Thanks for being here, man. Uh, said, okay, so the plan is meet at BB's on Westheimer, then we go to the museum. <sighs> Jen is bringing her flask, so I suggest everyone bring their own as well. Okay, I'll see y'all there. Uh, all right, let's get to this. We got some sports headlines. Let's get to those, and then we'll uh, keep the show rolling. Here we go. All right, here's sports headlines for the day. I always hate that the stupid lower thirds never works right. <laughs> CC said, JK, JK. I have Mardi Gras. Laissez-le le bon temps rouler. Le, was it? Laissez-le bon temps rouler. Hey, what's up, Jet? Yeah, that's uh, let the good times roll. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Uh, all right. Sources are saying, ah, uh, good old sources. Sources are saying that the commanders have finally. Hired a head coach, and it is former Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn. Well, now former. But they plucked Dan Quinn from the Cowboys. I Honestly, it kind of, I don't know, it baffles me a little. Excuse me, it baffles me a little bit. <laughs> Look at CC. Boy, bye. Come to mama, Vrabel. It baffles me a little bit, this move, right? First of all, I think it's kind of weird that Dan Campbell stays in the NFC East, first of all. That's kind of that. That's kind of weird. Although not, right? Vrabel left the Texans and went to Tennessee. And then it becomes a rivalry. And, ooh, I'm going to get you. And so now Dan Quinn kind of has a leg up on the competition because he knows... Uh, at least tendency-wise, some things about the Cowboys, right? So you would think. Um, I just, what is Dan Quinn's uh, coaching record? Let's see. Here's his Wikipedia. Let's see. Chrome resize. There we go. And Dan Quinn's uh, coaching or Wikipedia. So, started in 94. Okay, he was 
Let's see when he got to the NFL. Defensive quality control coach with the Niners back in 2001, 2002. It doesn't matter. D-line coach for the Niners. Defensive line coach for the Dolphins. Defensive line coach for the Jets. Assistant head coach. Defensive line coach for the Seahawks. Uh, went to Florida for a couple years where he was D coordinator and D line coach. Back to Seattle as a defensive coordinator for a couple years. Head coach in Atlanta for five. Where's AJB at? And um, now he was the defensive coordinator for the last several years. His head coaching record, regular season, 43 and 42. Postseason, three and two. It's not bad. <laughs> Amos said the Saints loved Quinn in Atlanta. Yeah, a career record of 46 and 44. And listen. If you like 500, he's your guy. And I think if you're the Washington Commanders, at this point, hell, you'll take 500. It's been bad. AJB, were you a big Dan Quinn fan? Uh, were you a big Dan Quinn guy? Yo, DJ Maddie, thank you for the 69. I like you. Happy spunky old broads day. Okay. That's a weird one, DJ Maddie, that you would come in with that on the first day of Black History Month, and instead of happy first day of Black History Month, you you chose spunky old broads. White people never cease to amaze me. Uh, the Real J Monkey, what's up, homie? Good to see you. As a defensive-minded coach, giving up the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history as a head coach should have killed this guy's career. I don't know how he's still around. That's a really good point, too. He was at the helm of the famous, what was it, 28 to 3? Was it 28 to 3? I always forget it now. It was 24 to 3, 28 to 3, whatever it was. It was a lot. AJB said, I wouldn't say big, but he was okay. Uh, yeah. Wait, here's the thing. He, he was okay. He was 500. He got you to a Super Bowl and squandered it. He's has a 50 point one or 51 will round up will be generous he won 51 percent of his games three and two in the postseason that one of those two was a monumental collapse i just i don't know there's with all of the names that are out there to go dan Qu i mean for god's sake you could have went belichick i just you know what i mean there's 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 just a, a ton of good, young, non-retread coaching names still out there that you could have gone and gotten. I mean, at least Seattle, they got a little younger. They go out and get Mike McDonald, Ravens defensive coordinator. Good for them. They got a young guy. I mean, he's unproven, but hell, What's so? What if you're proven that you're 500? You know what I mean. So Seahawks get a good young defensive-minded head coach in Mike McDonald. Um, I don't know a ton about the dude. I I read an article that's like, oh, he's everywhere he's gone, he's done well. Cool. Cool. Evil Dead said, please don't take Slowick away from us. Oh, he gone. He, he's just not gone this year. They, they, you know, I just had Jonathan Alexander from the Houston Chronicle on 
Um, they've at least inked him and Gerard Johnson through next year. But then after that, he's probably going to get the head coaching job, especially if they're better than they were this year. If they show even more improvement, and I, I suspect they will. There's no reason at this point to think they won't. Um, Alex said, leave my Bobby alone. Uh, yeah, the real Jay Monkey said, that's the very definition of shitting the bed. It really was. Uh, Amos said, if he keeps EB on staff, he might be okay. Washington looks a QB away on offense. Uh, I mean, you would think, but I mean, honestly, dude, Washington should have, it, you felt like they had talent. They just, nah, maybe they don't, you know, like there's just some teams where you're like, man, they should be a lot better than they are year over year. And Washington always seems to be one of those teams and they never are. So I don't know, but maybe, you know, maybe this was the catalyst they need. I don't know. I don't like the move. I don't think Dan Quinn is a good head coach. Again, I've said it on this show before. I will say it again. Market. Some guys are just good coordinators. Yeah, you give them an opportunity to be a head coach, but when they prove that they're not good at it, as is the case with Dan Quinn going 500 and spare me the Super Bowl, we just said biggest choke job ever. There's just some guys that are really good coordinators. Dan Quinn is one of them. Josh McDaniels is another. Some guys just aren't cut out to be CEOs of, of a football team. They're just not cut out to be the man in charge of it all. They're better with X's and O's than they are the Jimmys and Joes. And that's a big difference between the two positions. Wade Phillips is another good one, Alex Villanueva. Another good name, Wade Phillips. Great coordinator. Not a good head coach. I mean, he's okay, but much better, much better coordinator. So, you see some of these, yeah, H. Down Deuce said Wade Phillips as well. You see some of these guys, that, Romeo Cornell. I mean, you see some of these guys that continue to get head coaching jobs, and it's like, what more do you need to see? They're just they're good coordinators. Just let them be that. Make them really well-paid coordinators that get to do coordinator things and make a lot of money doing it. Sorry, I got something in my eye. Doesn't make sense. Don't get it, but it's whatever. <laughs> Hey, I know what you're thinking. You're sitting around the house, the office, the car, the truck, the mobile home. You're thinking to yourself, what the hell's going on over there with Team Ferrari? Huh? Well, I'll tell you, you've come to the right spot. You know that Barry on Deck is your home for all things F1. What? I wouldn't even say Bill O'Brien's a good coordinator, bro. Rudy Rod said Bill O'Brien. Bro, Bill O'Brien's not even a good coordinator. Did you see how trash that offense? No. Bill O'Brien was supposed to be the quarterback guru, quarterback whisperer of my ass. Tom Brady made him look good. That's it. That's it. Bill O'Brien is trash at everything he does. Everything. Just trash. He, he just looks like a crybaby, too. Whenever you watch videos of him, he just always looks like he wants to be a crybaby about something. I don't know. 
Nonetheless, the big news, breaking news, everybody. Where the hell is D-Mata at? I swear if D-Mata left this show, if D-Mata left this show and isn't here for the one time in the year that I do a Formula One headline, after already bringing it up in the chat and ruining it, and ruining the show. <sighs> you got you got five. Okay. Hi, Dimana. He's like, what do you want? <laughs> Dimana, I did this for you, baby. I did this for us, baby. I did this for you, boo. I made a whole section on the headlines for you, baby boy. Ferrari has confirmed that Lewis Hamilton is going to be driving their little race cars. The 2025 Formula One season. What? This is huge news, guys. Huge news. This is huge. This is, this is, uh, LeBron to the Lakers big. That's what this is. This is LeBron to the Lakers type stuff. That's what this is. This is huge news. If you don't know, Lewis Hamilton has been with Mercedes, I think his whole career. But he's jumping ship. He's going to the evil empire. Money talks. And I think part of it has to do with the fact that uh, you know, during, yeah, 13 years, during his 13 years with Mercedes, there were tumultuous times in Lewis Hamilton's career. And sometimes it felt like Mercedes didn't have his back. I'm totally making this up as I go. So, I, you know what I mean? It's like, you want to you wanna stay loyal to the brand, but when you were out there and people were dogging you in the media and saying you were a spoiled brat and, say, and doing racist things and... Mercedes was really just kind of like, well, we just make cars. This is what happens. And now he's on to Ferrari, a team that will support him, let him be who he is, and let him grow as a driver. You see how easy this is? Do you guys even understand that I just made all of that up and it was right? Do you, do you understand how good I am at this job? That I could have sat here on this microphone looking into your dumb face, spouted off all that bullshit that I was legitimately making up on the fly just off of the assumption of a couple of headlines that I read years ago about Lewis Hamilton. I gave you a whole good segment of Formula One, and then D Mata goes, that's nah, kind of true. I'm taking a lap. Hello? Yeah, no, no. No, tell ESPN I'm booked. Nah. I don't want to do it anyways. Yeah, I know. Whatever. Millions of dollars. No, I'm not. I'm not jumping ship. 
uh, because I'm so good. Okay, just just tell them no. Fox too. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Sorry, you guys. That was my agent. I don't know. It was just whatever. Uh, Mark said he ain't growing as a driver. Ferrari is where all the old drivers go to Ferrari thinking they'll give them another shot. They don't. Twilight of career. It's not the twilight of his career. He's going to a team that's going to support him. Just, just making shit up. I don't know. You're probably right, Mark. I don't give <laughs> The real Jay Monkey said, Barry on bullshit. BS with Barry. Thank you, Alan. Alan said that was so good, Barry. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate that. Uh, now coming to the stage, Mercedes. Wrong chat. That's funny. Um, let's see. What does it say? Blake Stare? Did you mean blank stare? Uh, horses are better. Yeah. I get it. Ferrari. Horse. I get it, Dubs. Okay. Uh, waiting for some Daytona 500 coverage in the next few weeks. <laughs> I'll make some shit up for that, too. Don't worry, bud. Don't you worry. Uh, let's see. Jared said clip it. Yeah. Put that in my bio. Suck on that, nerds. All right. Um, last thing on this list, and this is... Now we've had some hilarity. I know Dimata was like super impressed though to see I had actually had a Formula One headline. I mean, listen, I know I'll do it. Okay, every once in a while, I'll get in there. No, get in there and give it a little something. I'll get in there and give it. <clears throat> Alex Villanueva said the LIV tournament is this weekend. Thanks, Ian Villanueva. Thanks. Just, what's up, Derek? Uh, it's just, all right. Uh, donations have been pouring in to a GoFundMe to replace a Jackie Robinson statue that was destroyed in Wichita. You didn't hear about this. Somebody went. There was a there was a um a, a Jackie Robinson statue out in front of a uh, ball fields, and the whole league in Wichita was named. It was called like League Forty Two, or something like that. It was named after uh, Jackie Robinson, or the league was done in his honor. And you guys, someone goes out there, and this is all that's left. Of the Jackie Robinson statue. It's just like, what, what, what? What are we doing? This is what we're doing? So somebody took it. Now, police believe that whoever did this was doing it, um because the statue was made of bronze and so they were going to melt it down and cash it in cash in the you know sell the bronze for whatever which it doesn't matter it, the, the the fact of the matter is it's just awful it's just like what what 
whether it was a crackhead, I mean, my, I ain't gonna lie. My initial thought was, well, that's racist. That's racist. Why? What are we doing? And then I felt bad when they were like, nope, this is probably just a crackhead out there trying to sell some bronze for some money. Um, but they they started a GoFundMe. And uh, where is it? Uh, I want to say the GoFundMe was over $140,000. Yeah, H-Town Dude said crackheads don't care. Oh, no. Crack, crack don't have a race. You know what I mean? Crack don't care. Crack doesn't have a race. It just, it's crack. Uh, let's see. Where did that go? Fundraiser. Uh, no, that's not it. Let me go to the baseball section. MLB. There we go. Yeah, as I said, $140,000 has already been raised. And it says the total raised through an online fundraiser surpassed 140K, which is almost double what they would need or what the value was of the bronze statue. It was worth about $75,000. And uh, 2.39 pound going rate for $2.39 a pound. Damn, how much did that thing weigh? Yeah, CC said crackheads don't care about history. Yeah, crackheads don't care about anything but crack. That's it. Uh, this is only the see. It was done at a park in Wichita, Kansas, which I'm gonna be there in two weeks. Maybe I'll go. Uh, I'll go to the park and see. Even though that says there a link to contribute. Yeah, it's a good question. Let me see. Mm, let me see if in this article it has a link. I do not see one. Uh, burn remnants of stolen Robinson statue found. What? Uh, oh, yeah, they burned it. Fire crews found the burn remnants Tuesday. Um, it was, uh, let's see. Yeah, da, 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 da. League 42, which is named after Robinson's number, paid about $50,000 for the model, which was installed in 2021. So they just got there. Yeah, so they tried to melt it themselves because I guess they were like, well, you can't just show up to the brass factory. I don't know where you... Look, I don't know if it's the brass factory. Uh, Derek, that's inappropriate. Derek said, nope, I'm not reading that, Derek. That was super inappropriate. All the way around. So what are Asians then? What is a drug of choice for Asians? Um, But they showed up. Apparently, they took the... Wait, what the hell is that? Oh, nice. Just my shirt coming unraveled. That's good. Gotta love that. They took the statue and they tried to smelt it themselves. It was at a scrapyard. I thought they tried to smelt it themselves. I thought they were like, uh, this, did they go to a scrapyard? There's no way. No, but no, I, I think, I think they tried to burn it themselves. Right. 
No, I think they tried. No, and see, that's the thing. That was what I thought too, Amos. I was like, oh, they they lit it on fire. They literally, you can't show up to the place that you know is like cash for gold, like you know, cash for brass. You're not showing up at cash for brass with a big ass cut up Jackie Robinson statue. Like, hey man, how much can I get for this? I just laid it down, and you sure as hell ain't showing up with different limbs. You got, I got this arm here. I got this leg. I got, uh, yeah, how much? Uh, yeah, you ain't doing that. You can't just show up and be like, how much you give me for this? It don't work like that. So they probably were like, well, let's be smart about this. We'll start a fire. Knowing you can't get that fire hot enough to melt brass, but they're like, we'll start a fire and we'll melt it. <sighs> And then we'll put it in a thermos and we'll take it down to cash for brass. And then we'll just be like, hey, I got a thermos full of brass. Can I get like uh, $40? I promise you. I promise you. I really don't think that this was like, um, uh, uh, I don't think it was an A crime. I mean, it certainly could have been. It said the theft was discovered uh, last week. It, they don't think it was uh, motivation. Uh, it says, Lutz said in an interview after the news conference that he was hopeful the motive wasn't racial, but that the thieves just saw the bronze as monetarily valuable. <clears throat> but I don't think it's a stretch. It's certainly not crazy to be like, oh, hmm. well, this was motivated based off of race and hate. I mean, you, you, you know based on all the circumstances but i don't uh i think the more that i've read about it is it's like they're just just crackheads being crackheads or as cc said yeah it's probably meth smells like meth to me i'm here all weekend um <laughs> h-town dude said uh psh, you ain't been through san leon <laughs> some white folks don't crack over there uh, Dave PP Dub says, "Shit, crackhead will detail a car for twenty bucks. Really? Uh, Amos, crackheads are not doing that much work. Oh, ah. he needed two dollar bills. Okay, it's not C and D scrap metal, you guys. Let's see. Can't imagine being named League Forty Two. So they're at a hundred and forty k now." raised and i don't again i don't have a link to the fundraiser let me see if i can see it let's see jackie robinson statue wichita go fund me but you got to be careful too like you got to be careful what go fund means you go because then somebody it, it very well could be a crackhead that's like you know what and listen man some crackheads are super smart I could just see like some Harvard educated crackhead that's like, all right, Cletus, here's what we're going to do. Okay. We're going to go down to the park. We're going to sever the statue at the ankles. We're going to leave the shoes. We're going to go and we're going to create a fire and we're going to melt it. All right. We're going to put that. We're going to put that in a thermos. Actually, you know what? I just I just robbed the old lady of her Stanley cup. We'll, we'll melt it. We'll put it in a Stanley cup. And we'll go to cash for brass. 
But then what we're going to do is we're also going to start a GoFundMe. And we'll just say, oh, man, what a shame about this statue. Uh, we should all raise money so we can buy a new statue. Double the profits. Are you with me, Cletus? Cletus, put the pipe down. We've Stop. Why are you scratching like Stop itching like that. Oh, man, wouldn't that be wild? Uh, let's see. Reject all cookies. I reject your cookies, sir. Uh, my name is Jacqueline Evans. I am the administrative assistant for League 42 Foundation. We're a nonprofit organization. Here, I can share it with you guys. It's up to 181K now. Good for them. It says, so support League 42 inspired by Jackie Robinson, $181,545 raised of $175,000 goal. I mean, if it was 75K, why? <laughs> this is easy. The shoes might give us away. Um, but this is from Jacqueline Evan and Bob Lutz are organizing this fundraiser. Hi, my name is Jacqueline Evans. I'm the administrative assistant for League 42 Foundation. We're a not for a nonprofit organization dedicated to bringing the love of baseball to the youth in our city. On behalf of League 42 and our executive director Bob Lutz, I'm reaching out to the to the public to help us replace a beloved Jackie Robinson statue. Money donated will go directly to this cause. Any donations that exceed our goal will be put in to use to fund our operational needs, including our four education programs. I always get a little nervous when I see that stuff like, oh, to fund our operational needs. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. And I'm not, I'm certainly not suggesting that they're doing this. Okay. I'm not. But here's what I do want you to understand about a lot of nonprofits. Let's leave them out of this. I'm glad they've met their goal. I hope that they can replace the statue. What's up, Sports Hub? Happy New, uh, Happy New Year to you as well. I'm always, first of all, I'm with you, H-Town dude. I'm always skeptical of GoFundMes to begin with. But some nonprofits, they're, because they're nonprofit doesn't mean people aren't making money, right? The people that work there, the CEOs, the board, uh, a lot of people could be making a lot of money. Right, like the CEO of a nonprofit could be a millionaire, could be making millions of dollars running a nonprofit. There's some that are just like they're literally nonprofit. Nobody makes any money; they just operate. And I don't know the situation on this one. I don't know what it's rated. I don't know, but I'm just telling you that's why my first blush when I see operational needs the for, and I'm just maybe I'm maybe I'm just a pessimist, but the first thing that pops into my head is oh salaries. Yeah, okay, salaries. You're gonna you're gonna pay salaries with this. And look, I get it. You know, people got to make a living, and and they're doing good things, and you, you you're you're running a a fine organization that provides a great service to the community. Just call me skeptical. I just, uh, I would have loved for it to have said any money we raise over that amount, we're going to build a new ballpark. And by all the kids in our organization, new cleats and gloves and let pay for their uniforms. And, and, you know, all that kind of stuff would be great. 
So I get I get a little nervous. I get a little skeptical. Um, let's see. Bob Lutz left a message. <sighs> um, well, let's just read what it says. League 42 tries to embody the spirit of Jackie Robinson, our namesake who was born on this day, January 31st, 105 years ago. In 2021, we erected a life-size statue of Jackie at our baseball complex inside McAdams Park in Wichita, Kansas. Recently, that statue was cut off just above Jackie's shoe tops and stolen from its rightful place. It was found in disrepair and cannot be repaired as law enforcement searches for the culprits of this crime. We remain devoted to our mission of providing low-cost baseball and education opportunities for our 600 kids ages 5 to 14. They're so heartbroken. They are as heartbroken over this theft as any of us, and we are determined to replace the statue. We also use donated funds to operate our facilities and education and initiatives, which includes bright lights, passion project, bats and badges, and full con full count. We are devoted to helping our 600 kids in any way we can. We are all, we also are working to install better security around the statue area and new lights and artificial turf for two of our playing fields. Your donations will go towards a great cause. Thanks so much, Bob Lutz. Yeah, look at that. Diane Lozier, 5K. Shit. Get it, Diane. You're the man, Diane. 5K? Dirty Diana. <laughs> uh, evil death. I'm surprised there hasn't been anything like this yet. What? NHL should file a lawsuit to sue the company for the Stanley Cup name trademark, right? Oh, that's funny. Stanley Cups. <laughs> I see. I see what you did there. ZZ, you're hilarious. Zizi's like, oh, yeah, old Diane Lozier. She runs the Lozier Foundation. Well, her husband does. She's an attorney. <laughs> Zizi, that's, that was almost as good as my Lewis Hamilton update that's hilarious oh good old diane yeah no yeah she's 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 a she's a litigator and her husband well he's a carpenter but he also runs their charitable foundation and uh what do they do oh they they provide pins to people who make lists um i don't know well, let's see. Um, hey, Robert Waller just gave 10 bucks. Good for you, Robert. Well done. All right. Um, yeah. I don't know. I hate being that pessimistic. You know what I mean? About stuff. Because I'm sure they're a great organization. I mean, I'm, is it is it wrong of me that I also thought... <sighs> did you have 75K laying around? That you just bought a statue. <clears throat> Lozier brings your favorite stores to life by manufacturing shelving, storage system, freestanding displays, accessories, more. They also funded a private school. Are you being serious? <laughs> I, I don't think you're being serious, CC, but <laughs> there's like a part of me that wants to believe this. This is outstanding. Uh, oh, my God, there really is a Lozier Foundation. 
Cece's out here doing her homework. Wow. Look at Cece. Lozier Foundation's mission is to improve the quality of life for underrepresented communities in the Omaha metro area. Look at that. Look at that. Damn. Go, girl. Go, girl. Um, is it? See, I'm such a dick. I'm such a pessimist because I'm like, you went out and spent 50K for a statue. I just, I'm sorry. I just sit here and think, wow, that could have, that could have bought so much other stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, is that wrong that I think like that? Dub said Diane needs a tech right off. Yeah, she did. <coughs> Diana. Um. Yeah, that just seems like. I don't know. I mean, I think it's good that you honor the man. Don't get me wrong. But if you're a nonprofit. Is that really the best use of of your money? $50,000 bronze statue. I mean, what does it benefit? Well, it gives them something to look up to. Well, pay an artist five grand to do a mural on them at the ballpark and the on the on the fences or something. I mean, like, I don't know. Just me being judgy. Not saying I'm right, okay? Not saying I'm right. I'm just saying if I was on the board or I was running that organization, and some came to me and was like, "Hey, we have." Uh, $80,000 in the bank, but hear me out. I want a statue. I'm like, what does it do? I don't know. It just sits there. What does it give the kids? Hope. Okay, could we just paint that on the fence and give them all new gloves? Their shoes? Maybe cups? I don't know. I'm being a dick. All right. Uh, I feel it. I feel it. And um, I'm just ultra pessimistic when it comes to people doing the right thing. Just me, though. Just me. Um, What are we going to do? Let's talk a little NFL. Let's talk a little NFL. We didn't really get to talk about the games yet. Uh, missed Monday driving back. Missed Tuesday shooting TV. Yesterday was a tray on deck on Barry on deck on the patio. Haven't gotten a chance to give you my thoughts on the goings-on in the NFL over the weekend. Watched. I missed the first quarter of the uh, Chiefs-Ravens game, and then I missed a good chunk of the Niners game. Um, But I'll say this. Pro Bowl skills is tonight. Evil Death, don't make me watch that. Don't make me watch that. I will not be talking about that on Monday. Um, excuse me. I'll just say this. I I actually felt bad, believe it or not. I felt bad for Lamar Jackson. I did. I felt bad for Lamar Jackson for another collapse, another another letdown, another disappointment in the playoffs. I mean, 
he's only one guy. He can only do so much. Um, and it's tough to beat one of, if not the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Patrick Mahomes is going to go down as at least top three, top five of all time. So, I I felt bad for it. And you kind of had the feeling that this might be the Ravens' year. This might be the Lions' year. And, and Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid's Andy Reid. Travis Kelsey's Travis Kelsey. The, what's up, Spoon? And and the fact is, they they figured out how to run the ball. And Travis Kelsey is a man among boys when it comes to finding ways to beat the defense, to beat the heart of the defense, the teeth of the defense. And quite honestly, bailed out Patrick Mahomes on a couple of throws. He's just unstoppable. And the fact is that that offense, even without a legitimate wide receiver threat, even without that, what do you how do you stop them? Well, that's just half the battle. Because again, the unsung hero on that team really is the defense. That Chiefs defense is nasty. Chris Jones is nasty. But that defense, you know, it it's something I don't think we talked about a lot this year. Or that maybe, you know, it, I think we talked more about drop passes and more about Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey willing this team to victories than we have uh, given credit to this defense and their ability to make plays, uh, their ability to keep Lamar Jackson in check. I'll pull up the box score. Um What the heck? What the heck? Let's see these scores. Oh, Lord Jesus. Excuse me. Excuse me, Lord Jesus. Spoon, what's up, homie? You going to come out to the shows in a couple weeks from I'm in Wichita? You going to come see me, baby boo? Here we go. Chiefs Ravens. Uh, Box score. There we go. Uh, They collectively, the Chiefs, that is, they held Lamar Jackson to 272 yards passing. Uh, one touchdown, one interception. He had a 75 quarterback rating or rating. But the big thing is, this this has been one of the best rushing teams. Okay, that's the wrong thing, Laminac. What are we doing? Here we go. Come on for that sugar. Come on, baby. Ravens entire offense from the booth to the field at Chronic Lemon Booty. My bad, Evil Death. Yeah, wrong slide. Uh, when you look at this stat right here, 
54 yards rushing from Lamar Jackson. They had 81 total yards rushing, and he had 54 of them. So it's almost like you spy Lamar Jackson, and then you just commit to stopping the run. You're like, all right, we're not going to let Lamar beat us with his feet. We're going to load eight men in the box or whatever. We'll put a spy on Lamar. Hey, beat us with your arm, fam. Beat us with your arm. And I think the Chiefs felt confident in their secondary. They felt confident in their pass rush. They felt confident in their ability to contain Lamar as much as you can. You're never going to stop Lamar Jackson. He had 272 passing yards. 150 of that was Zay Flowers. Um, and uh, and of that, 50, it was 54 was on one play. I just it was a masterful, masterful job by the Chiefs defense. And and the offense did enough, right? Like the offense did enough. And you're right, H-Town, dude. The Flowers had a big drop. And some other bad plays. What is this? Hello, what are we doing over here? Oh. But I, 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 I will not give credit. I mean, yeah, the fumble at the goal line. Um, but that's, look. I wanted to say I will not give credit to a guy's failure before I give credit to the achievements of the defense. Right? I mean, the ball got knocked out. Defense has to do that. I, that, I mean, there's no doubt. When when did that fumble occur? When was that? What what what? At what point in the game? I know it was late. Let's see. Uh, interception, fumble. Yeah. Uh, lost flowers. Yep. There we go. So it was the beginning of the fourth quarter. Here's the thing. Beginning of the fourth quarter. And they're going into score, right? They're going into score. It's 17 to 7. They're going into score. Flowers fumbles. The Chiefs, seven plays, 32 yards, and punt. Okay. And then the Ravens turn it over again, interception, another Chiefs punt, field goal, end of game. I mean, you had the ball two more times, right? If that was the last drive of the game and Zay Flowers fumbles like that, then I get it like you say, yeah, he cost them the game. But on their next possession, Lamar throws an interception. And I don't even remember that play. I don't even know if I saw it. Uh, which one was that? Was that the one when he slammed his helmet down? Oh, yeah, deep middle. Yeah, 
So, I mean, look. Did it take points off the board? Sure. Sure it did. Absolutely it did. Yes. Yes. Um, But at the... at. At most, it would have forced an overtime, and there's, again, no guarantee that the Ravens are winning that in overtime. I just think you've got to give a ton of credit to how well both defenses played, but specifically the Chiefs. I mean, that was that rushing attack is what was going to carry Baltimore into a Super Bowl. And so to hold that team to 81 yards and force Lamar Jackson to beat you with his arm, and he, you know, yeah, he has flowers, and he, you know, a couple of nice plays, but he has the interception, and... That's that's how you would want the Chiefs to beat you. But they didn't do it with their legs, and I think that's the important thing. Um, how did your bets end? Oh, yeah. We did pretty good, actually. I'll pull that up in a sec. Refs tried their hardest to keep the Ravens in the game. Um, Chiefs had a touchdown call back on a loose holding call. Yeah. Uh, I believe we only how many shows did I miss? That trip was good, man. Long. Uh, Amos, if it was crossing route after the long pass, I believe. What taunting penalty didn't hurt them, but was stupid. Yep. Yeah, there was a lot. And again, I missed. This was I had shows going on during both games, so I was kind of in and out. But I, I, I will say, I think we'll talk about Patrick Mahomes, and we'll talk about Kelsey, and we'll talk about Taylor Swift. But I think you really have to spend a moment and talk about Chris Jones and that that Chiefs defense because to hold that offense to 81 yards rushing and 10 points, it's really, really good. And that's going to be tough to beat if that's the formula. If you have to outscore the Chiefs already, the good news is the Chiefs offense isn't the normal Chiefs offense we're used to. They're not putting up 34. They're not putting up, you know what I mean, ungodly crazy numbers. They're doing enough to win by the grace of their defense. So, uh, was it say Sneed? What a dog. Uh, blue. Uh, okay. So, that was that. Here's a little bit more of the box score. Mahomes, 241 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Nothing super spectacular. Nothing, nothing super crazy uh, other than Kelsey kind of just being Kelsey, being the man. 11 targets, 11 receptions, didn't drop a pass, had the touchdown. Um, Rushy Rice had nine targets, and then it was everybody else. That was 20 of their 36 targets went to two guys, right? And I think, too, this was kind of important to see Pacheco go off for 68 against that Ravens defense. They're going to commit to running the ball. And, um, you know, that I, 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 I think they know they have to be able to run the ball in order to, uh, in order to have a shot in beating San Francisco because, and I'm surprised and maybe this does happen. I just don't look at the X's and O's, but I just feel like you almost have to double Kelsey every time he still beats double teams left and right. It's crazy. But you're going to, you have to, if you stop Travis Kelsey, if you can contain Travis Kelsey, the Chiefs really don't have another weapon to beat you other than Patrick Mahomes running the ball. That's it. Pacheco, it's a good sign that he ran well against the Ravens, but I mean, this is this is Travis Kelsey 
Patrick Mahomes offense. That's all that's left. There's no Tyreek Hill. There's no nothing else. So Chiefs are going to use the Raiders practice facility. Oh, wow. Vegas going to be lit with fans, fights. Yeah, true. Uh, Stefan, this is not the Stefan chat. Uh, 15, 6 foot, 78 kilograms. I don't know what that means, bro. You're 15. You still got a long way to go, homie. Hang in there. Mm, I mean, I'm 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 5'10 and weigh 220 pounds. That's a that's a good running back size, except I'm fat, so I don't know what to tell you, man. Hang in there. Keep eating your Wheaties. Uh may double check Rashi Rice stats the last couple months. Oh. I mean, let's see. Yeah, he had 130 against Miami. Okay. 57 yards, 91 yards. I mean, he had a he had a big breakout game in Cincy. One of those was for 67. Yeah, I didn't think I was missing much. I mean, it's not bad, but that's certainly not carrying the offense. He has one touchdown in the postseason. And he had four over one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. I mean, okay. But let's go check Travis Kelsey in that same vein. And I guarantee you that's, I mean, it's the vast majority of their offense. Just, there's just no doubt. Let's see here. Uh, game long. There we go. He's got three touchdowns in the postseason. Uh, ooh. Ooh, one touchdown over there. That's crazy. Uh, five touchdowns on the season. That's that's a that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, man, I'm looking at this right. Yeah, that's wild. Wow. 16 yards, 44 yards, 28 yards, 83, 81, 91. Okay. That's crazy. I did not I did not realize he had 16, 44, and 28 over the last three weeks. And three wins, no less. Gone, catfish. Super Bowl party at Total Dallas's house? No, running back to the kitchen for more snacks. Oh. Pacheco was really Casey's second best player all season. Shit, it doesn't even look like it was Kelsey. I stand corrected. I mean, I don't know. Oh, well, he had 179 in one game. That's wild. For some reason, I feel like he had bigger games. Oh, well. Pfizer shot must have slowed down his production. Spoon, I'm sorry. Got to call it like you see it, bro. Um, It kind of makes you wonder how were the Chiefs doing it? Rice and Kelsey. Yeah. But it makes you wonder. And that's, this is what I said. So on, on, um, on Sports Saturday with Jerome, uh, the, he presented the question, um, what are the best odds of winning next season, winning the Super Bowl next season? And I was like, the scary thing is, is that the Chiefs, for as bad as they looked all year, and they looked kind of pedestrian all year, they were carried by Mahomes and Kelsey and really that defense. But apparently I'm missing it somewhere. Um, but they're going to get better. They're going to go out and get some legitimate weapons at the receiver position. They're going to be better 
at wide receiver next year. I can almost guarantee they will be better at wide receiver next year than they are this year. Now, Travis Kelsey will be a year older. Um, but that's the scary thing. This team could be better offensively. And if the defense is as good as it was this year, that's what's scary. Kelsey had to, I don't remember Kelsey having the drops. I don't remember him. I mean, I, I literally, I legit, oh, see, that would be spoon. That would be crazy, bro. That would be crazy. By the way, stay out of the Texans way with that bullshit. Um, yeah, Mike Evans, you want to ring? Wouldn't that be nasty? Wouldn't that be nasty? When Kelsey is done, they'll be able to pay a true number one receiver as well. Well, that's going to be part of the problem is I don't know that they can pay Mike Evans. And and it's not even with Kelsey and, and a true one. It's it's Mahomes and his money also. I mean, yeah, Kelsey's making a lot, but, you know, Mahomes is about to start getting paid on his. If he hasn't already, was it this year the first year of the big deal? Well, this is why, and our good buddy Walt used to say this all the time, it's hard to win Super Bowls with elite quarterbacks that you've been paying a lot of money to. You just don't have the cap space to add depth to your roster. And we're seeing that with the Chiefs. They couldn't keep all their best players. You start to lose some. Um, But I think as long as you have Patrick Mahomes at his skill level, you're you're fine. I mean, you're going to be okay. Uh, And I don't know, how old is Travis Kelsey now? He is 34. Yep. Might be the beginning of the end for my guy. He was 35th in touchdowns, 16th in receptions. Yeah, by all counts, that was an off year for him. Um, But he showed up big in Baltimore. And he had two touchdowns against Buffalo. Maybe he saved his best for last. Who knows? He had 71 yards, no touchdowns against Miami. Um, But again, that's why I say... We can look at all that, right? It's the Chiefs defense that doesn't get the credit. We'll sit here all day and talk about Mahomes and Evans and Kelsey and number ones and losing Tyree Hill, this, that, and the other. And None of that matters because this team is in the Super Bowl really not because in spite of their offense. This team is in the Super Bowl in spite of their offense. That's crazy to think that. Uh, let's look at the other game, the Lions and the Niners, because boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I think collectively the nation's heart broke outside of 49ers nation. What's up, Perry? Good to see you, buddy. I think outside of 49ers nation, um, I think collectively the country was kind of rooting for the Lions. Kind of, you know, as the underdog. It was the crazy Dan and... Yeah, biting kneecaps and yeah, lovable losers that were the Detroit Lions and having never uh, won a Super Bowl. This could be their year. And then not only that, but to get out to the lead that they got out to. <laughs> to, to get out. Oh, let's see, where is it? Uh, where'd it go? There we go. 24 to 7. I thought it was uh 21 to 7. I forgot. 24 to 7. 
at the half. 24 to 7 at the half, and they lose 34 to 31. Um, and everybody's wanting to say it was Dan Campbell's fault. And I don't know. I, shit, I was, and I'm a Bears fan, said Mark. Yeah, is Dan Campbell a questionable play calling the blame for the loss? That's what we're going to talk about. I don't know. I was rooting for the Lions until the game started. Felt right. Yeah. Uh, agree with all that. Chiefs lost their contract guru to the Panthers. That don't matter. They they pay. They are, I mean, they're not overpaying for Patrick Mahomes, but you have to pay for Patrick Mahomes. There ain't no contract guru going to get around that in the salary cap. Spoon. Sorry. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk uh, Lions and Niners. Uh, and I want to answer that question that uh, Evil Death said. Is Dan Campbell's questionable play calling, is that to blame for this loss? Is his decision making to blame for the Lions loss? Let's discuss that. We're going to take a quick little break uh, and then we'll come back and finish up the show. It's 4.05 right now. We're back before, before 4.10, so less than five minutes. Take a quick little one. Uh, get this break in and then come back. We'll talk Lions and Niners. We're going to talk uh, NBA jersey sales. Who's got the number one jersey? Um, is there a rocket in the top 10? No. Uh, and then I've got a video for you of um, at the very, like, the tippy, tippy tip of Mount Everest. It's freaky. We'll get into that, too. And then I've got some other stuff we can talk uh, if we don't run out of time. But we're going to get into it, I promise, right after this. This is Barry on Deck. I'm your host, Barry Lavinex. Stick around. Do not go anywhere, people. I'm talking two, three minutes maximum, and we're back with more show. All right, stick around. This is Barry on Deck. I'll be right back.
to the final hour. Barry on deck. I'm your host, Barry Lamanek. Thank you guys for sticking around through the break. Those of you that did, excuse me, those of you that didn't, I hate your face. Why would you leave? Uh, no dope during the break. We did dope to start the show. Perry, you missed it. You missed it. Barry, you should play comedy videos. Yeah. That takes a lot of effort, bro. I used to run a commercial. I used to take a break. I did a two-hour show, Spoon, when Barry on Deck first started. And I used to spend hours making a video every day for the break because it was a suggestion. And it was just on top of all of the other stuff I have to get done. And then eventually, I mean, you understand, we've done 740 of these. I don't have 740 comedy videos that that I could run and then finding other ones. I used to, uh, one of the, one of the faves is I used to find videos from, um, Oh, what was the dude's name? They would always make you cry. Oh, shoot. I can't think of his name, but I used to go and grab those on CBS from CBS and then just, just run them. But it's just to make a break video takes time. We used to, we used to, um, we used to run a, a what's the thing? We used to run weather. Like we had Stephen the weather guy would make uh, weather videos, and I would add those to the break. It was, it was a dude. I know. I know what you're saying. I know you're saying my comedy. No, I get it. But you still have to make the break because you got to play the intro and have the bed and all that other shit. It, no one wants to watch the same jokes over and over. I don't know. Uh, heard that John Stewart's returning to the Daily Show. Is he really? No. A buddy of mine is a writer for The Daily Show, won an Emmy, and tours with um, Trevor Noah. Opens for him. Ashton Womack. He is a writer for The Daily Show. Another friend of mine is a writer for Jimmy Fallon. Wow. I know a bunch of famous people. Too bad I'm not. Uh, only on Mondays is the XP though. What? I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Amos said once a week. Yeah, I probably should. I probably should. I probably should. It's a, it's a lot. Uh, I really wanted to see Las Vegas full Mori Gators furs and all the crab cakes and Dungeness crab eaten. I don't even know what that means. I have no idea what that means, Amos. Uh, John Stewart was, uh, I really liked him. <laughs> Spoon's executive producer. Well, get busy then. Come on, fam. You could be the executive producer of this show, Spoon. I'd love that. I'd be like, here. Just tell me when to go live. God, Spoon. I'd love that so much. Oh, I would love that so much. Um, by the way, I saw this. And I don't want to be judgy, so I'm not going to show it. But uh, I have I have alerts set up, selfishly, I guess, on like LinkedIn and um, Google and all this. Oh, John Stewart is the executive producer. I thought you wanted to be the executive producer. Oh, gotcha! I get it now. I get it now. I see now. 
John's executive producer and only hosting on Mondays. Aha. Aha. No, no, you don't. You quit your job and you come do executive producer the show for free. Um, what was I going to tell you? Oh, so I get like job alerts, right? For hosts and whatnot, like TV hosts, radio hosts, da da. I got a job alert from LinkedIn. I was like, you might be interested in this job for a co-host on a sports podcast. And I was like, what? People are doing that? So I clicked on it. And uh, it's like, oh, I'm looking for a a co-host slash producer to come up with topics and help social media, edit videos. It's not paid, uh, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, man, this must be a big deal. If they're asking for all that and they're not paying. And then I clicked on it. I was like, yo, this is just some rando dude. Like, remember when I started this show, I was on my laptop. I had my laptop. I had the phone on the laptop. And that was it. What is this? That's weird. Hmm. I don't know why that's doing that. I don't know why that's doing that. Right? And it was all grainy and stuff. That's that's what this was. I was like, yo, my man's is putting out. And then I thought, what? Why am I not doing this? Just make somebody do all the work for free? That seems like a terrible idea. That just seems like a terrible idea. But now this kid, and I say kid, he's probably, he might have been early 20s. And he's like, I want you to do all this shit for my podcast for free. It's like, yo, I bet he gets applications. Of course, get what you pay for. So there's that. All right, uh, let's get into Dan Campbell and the Detroit, Detroit Lions. Um, shit in the bed. There's just no other way around it. There's no other way to put it. Uh, the Lions played awful. They looked awful in the second half of that game. After what appeared to be glimmers of hope, it, you you felt like this Lions team is a team of destiny. It's 24 to 7 at the at the end of the first half. And you're like, hold on to your butts. They're about to do it. San Francisco comes out, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, tie game, going into the fourth quarter. And in the midst of all that, and then and then they go, let's see, they go, here you go. They go, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown. And then Detroit's like, oh, don't forget about us. Touchdown. <laughs> Too late. But the questions started to come in about Dan Campbell's, not necessarily play calling, as somebody put in here, but really his decision making. Should they have gone for it on fourth down a couple of times when they didn't? Should they have not gone for it a couple of times when they did? And again, I missed uh, a lot of the second half. I missed some parts of the second half for sure. Um, <laughs> Jeff Bell said, I cashed out after first half. Thank God. Smart man, Jeff Bell. Um, I'm not going to completely blame Dan Campbell. 
And there was a moment when, like, the numbers were saying you increase your odds of winning if you go for it here right before the end of the half when they kick the field goal. Seven seconds left, and it was fourth down. And you could tell he wanted to go for it, but then he decided, nah, just give me the points, which was the smart yet conservative play. Take the points, feeling good, go in at the half, you're up 24-7. Life can't get much better than that. So, and that's what I'm getting to, Titan. You go, just give me a second. So, I think he made the right call, even if statistically going for it gave them like a, and this is the way that they determine, do you go for it on fourth down? Do you go for it? on, you know, fourth and gold, or do you punt, kick a field goal, or whatever. The the um, the the way that they do it. Hey, what's up, Mr. Mina? Good to see you, buddy. The way they do it is, like, if decision to go for it. If you do go for it, it can increase your win probability by 5.2% as opposed to punting, which increases your win probability by 2.2%. So you get a 3.2% increase in win probabilities, so you, that's why you go for it. So that's just a little bit of the background, and, and it's just all basically nerd stuff, right? But that's how they kind of decide a lot of times what do the numbers. What does the numbers say? What is the... um? So... And sometimes you just have to look at it and go, you know what, the smart play, whether it's increases my win probability or not, is to take the points. So I think that was the right decision going into the half. Uh, but I saw somebody writing about it. I was like, I should have gone for it. Win probability. Should have gone for it. It's like, nah, fam. Because if you don't get that, and now it's 21-7 at the half, they definitely feel like they're in it. But... Get that field goal. Now they're up. You're up twenty four to seven. That feels daunting to any team. And then the second half came out and happened. And I mean, honestly, it was just a combination of so many things. Christian McCaffrey got rolling. San Francisco's defense nutted up a little bit. Um. There was there was some difficult decisions that Dan Campbell had to make. And here's the thing, right? So you can say, man, they go for it on fourth down. And they don't complete the pass. They don't get the first down. And every time, eh, let's see, hold on. I'm going to go full play-by-play. Second half. Yes. In the second half, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown. Except for kneeling down the ball to run the clock out. Every time the Niners touched the ball in the second half, they scored. So it's to me, it starts and ends with you got to make a stop if you're the Detroit's defense. You got to get one stop. If you make them punt one time, it's a ball game. 
That's it. But Detroit's defense could not stop them one time in the entire second half. Every time they touched the ball, they scored. Can't have that. That's that's number one. Number two, some of these going for it on and turnover on downs, right? It happened first play here. Uh, you'll see it was uh, Jared Goff incomplete pass to Jay Reynolds. Then you come down here, turnover on downs. It was Jared Goff pass incomplete to Amon Ra St. Brown. I want to say it was the Reynolds pass that hit dude in the hands and he dropped it. And I think that's what Titan Hugo was referencing earlier. And and the, the crazy thing is, people are like, eh, it was questionable. Bro, if my mans makes the catch, it was the right decision. It was the right decision. It was the right play call. And it was the right throw. But you have to have, you have to have the right decision. You have to have the right play call. You have to have a good throw. You have to have good protection. And, and your receiver has to complete the catch. And if one of those things doesn't hold up, then it just looks like a bad play call. What's up, Cisco? Fact of the matter is, I don't know if it was that one or the Amon Ross St. Brown or both. I think I missed the, the Amon Ross St. Brown uh, throw. But, but the fact is, this wasn't like fourth and four and then they just tried to run it up the middle and lost a yard you know what i mean like this it was the it was a good play call they just they didn't execute and that's not on dan campbell this is not on the oc it's not on jared goff i mean if he throws a wild wounded duck and it has no chance of being caught by anybody then yeah but that just wasn't the case at least in one of those And here's the deal. Let's say they do convert. There's no guarantee that they also go down and score. Right? Where do they turn it over on downs? Let's see. Fourth and two at the San Francisco 28. That would have been a 38, 45-yard field goal. Okay. Eh. Maybe you get three out of that. But the fact that they weren't, I mean... Eventually, we learned that they could not stop them no matter what. Did it even matter? Even if you convert both of those into field goals, because you're, you know, you can't assume touchdown. Let's see, fourth and nine. Uh, Detroit twenty six. Uh, oh, that was the punt. Where's the? Let's see. Uh, there's the turnover on downs. On the San Francisco 30, add another 17 to that, so that's 47. So a 45-yarder and a 47-yarder. Not actually gimmies, but not hard in the NFL. So that's six points. 37-34, well, that's not, that doesn't guarantee you get that touchdown either. The, 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 the game gets played differently after. So I don't know. I, I don't think if... If everything was there but the receiver drops the ball, then it was absolutely the right decision, the right call. You just gotta make the gotta make the play. Um so uh, you know, don't listen. 
I think it's easy to blame Dan Campbell, and I think it would have been easy for Dan Campbell to throw a bunch of people under the bus. And he was classy enough not to do that. He could have, you know, said shit about the offensive coordinator. He could have said anything about, um, you know, any of that. The 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 players themselves, the the defense not getting a stop in the second half. They they as a as a team melted down in that second half. Offensively, defensively, special teams, all of it. And Perry, that was going to be my third point. And that's a great point. And I think that's the that's the one of the biggest takeaways. Is that Dan Campbell all season has shown a belief in his team to where he coached like a gunslinger. He coached balls to the wall. He coached like he lives. Ah, we're going for it. It would be more egregious if he changes in the postseason and they lose. Then it would have been, bro, you you go you go for it in those situations all season long, and it's been proven successful for you guys. Why do you change who you are now? You don't. You don't do that. It's like the old saying, dance with what brung you. Dance with who brung you. Dance with what brung you. That's how you got there. So I absolutely just think this is a matter of a couple of things. I don't blame Dan Campbell. Uh, I blame. I put a lot of onus on that that Lions defense. And I think we need to start giving some credit to Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers offense. They could not be stopped. They were not going to be denied. Whether it was Christian McCaffrey running around like a little crazy man, landing on his neck. That just that team in the second half, Shanahan. I don't know what he said. Kyle Shanahan said something in that locker room, and they redid their entire game plan, it felt like. And they came out with a entirely new, almost identity in the second half and just could not be stopped. I mean, you look at this. When you see nine plays, 50 yards, where was the other one? 11 plays, 65 yards, seven plays, 70 yard drive. That is just you and your squad imposing your will against the other team's defense. Period. End of story. Hell, I don't even know if Detroit converts some of these fourth downs and maybe they get a couple of field goals or a touchdown here or there. I just I don't know if San Francisco was going to be denied because that that turnover on downs with 56 seconds that's probably a game winning drive instead of a turnover on downs they just could not be stopped. So uh, you look at the uh, the box score. Jared Goff 88.8 rating. That's not terrible. 273 yards passing and a touchdown. They ran the ball 182 yards rushing. Um, you know, you did have the one lost fumble, but you had, you had a couple of turnover on downs that, that just killed them. And uh, the Niners, when you look at that Brock Purdy, one touchdown, one interception at an 89 rating, Christian McCaffrey goes for 90 and two titties, uh, Debo Samuel for 89, uh, Ayuk had a touchdown. It's just, uh, to me, that second half was about. 
Brock Purdy getting his shit together. The offense getting their shit together. And Kyle Shanahan resetting expectations for his team going into that second half. And whether you want to give all the credit to San Francisco's offense or all the blame to Detroit's defense, that was one of those two units is the reason the game ended the way it is. So, uh, even though I said Kyle Shanahan was a part of Dan Quinn's coaching staff when the Falcons blew that big lead in the Super Bowl. Yes, that is correct. That is correct. He was also a part of that coaching staff that gave him that big-ass lead going into the second half. And again, I understand that the play calling got conservative, but if your head coach is like, nah, nah, don't throw the ball. We're going to run it. We're going to run out this clock. Are you really blaming Shanahan in that regard? Because at the end of the day, the head coach gets to decide to, hey, let's just run the ball. I only want to throw it on, on third downs, okay? Okay. Yo, what's up, poor Marine? Good to see you, buddy. Purdy said he wants to, uh, that generational QB contract money. That's the other thing. I got into an argument on um, the show I do in Wichita yesterday with Felix, one of the co-hosts. He was like, Brock Purdy is the weak link on the Niners. I was like, yo, you're crazy, bro. You're insane. Brock Purdy is not the weak link on the 49ers. He's like, well, then what is it? I was like, I don't know, but it's not Brock Purdy. He led him back against uh, Green Bay. And he led one of the biggest second-half comebacks in NFC Championship history. What are you talking about? He's the weak link. You think Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance is pulling that shit off? No way. And I'm a Garoppolo fan. I think people need to start giving... Um, uh, Brock Purdy is flowers. In fact, and I challenged uh, Felix. Spoon said Felix is high. He gets passionate. He's like me. Once you start arguing sports, he gets passionate. <sighs> um, which is fine. I love it. I love arguing sports with him or anybody, really. But um, I told him, I was like, you have homework, Felix. I want you to go Google Pat McAfee. Defending Brock Purdy and listen to the stats that he read. Because he was like, Brock Purdy is just, he's the weak link. He's this, he's that. I'm like, bro, he was like number two in, in rating in amongst all quarterbacks. His top four or five in passing yards. 31 touchdowns was good for third. I, it's crazy. Here, shit, let's go look at it. We're just all out here sleeping on, on Brock Purdy. That's postseason. This is regular season Brock Purdy is fifth in passing yards amongst all leaders right there he goes right there fifth only people that had more passing yards than him was Josh Allen Dak Prescott Jared Goff and Tua and then you look at average uh he averaged 9.6 yards a game he was uh let's see one two three four five sixth uh, touchdowns, he was third. Rating, he was second. Actually, he was first, because you're really not counting Mason Rudolph, are we? Are we? That's ridiculous. 
Uh, QBR. He was up there tied with Dak. I mean, it's just like interceptions. He was pretty, you know, middle of the pack, which is good. He went 31 and 11. Um, I mean, dude, dude put up ridiculous numbers. Let's see of all the, let's see yards. He completed 69.4% of his passes better than uh the people in front of him from yards better than everybody except Dak and by 0.01 and better than Tua by point oh uh, by point one. Mahomes completed 67%. I mean this Brock Purdy is not a weak link for the Niners. You don't you don't you're not in top 5, top 7, top 9 of almost every damn statistical category in the NFL if you're a problem for your team. <clears throat> Amos said his biggest pass of that game was lucky, though. So what? Doesn't matter. I mean, everybody has bro. A big drive, um, a big momentum shift in a drive for the Chiefs was in Travis Kelsey bailed out Patrick Mahomes on a terrible throw. So Mahomes got lucky by that Kelsey made that catch. I mean, you can find those. C.J. Stroud, are we talking as much about C.J. Stroud if half of the, the throws he threw that should have been intercepted were? No, but here we are. So, you can say that all you want. Fact of the matter is, the man statistically was one of the top five QBs in football during the regular season and has led two back-to-back comebacks to get his team to the Super Bowl. You cannot convince me that he is he is a weak link on this team. Lucky or no lucky, I don't give a shit. You don't do all that and then just go, well, he got lucky on a throw, though. <laughs> he just then he got lucky all season? Is that no. And I'm not saying that it's you, Amos. I'm just saying that, you know, Felix or people that don't want to give him his flowers. The man can ball. At some point, and I told Felix this, at some point we're going to have to stop calling him Mr. Irrelevant too. That's just, that's stupid. The man got his team to the Super Bowl. Stop calling him that. That's over with. He's proven himself. I'd rather have a short purdy in the NFC than Dak. <laughs> What's up, Joe, bro, at home? Uh, Alex, you about to get banned for the rest of the week. What did Alex do? Oh, I'm rooting for my numbers. There you go. Uh, is he like Drew Brees? How tall is Purdy? Five six? Is he really that short? No, is he? He's six one. He's six one two twenty. No damn five six. That's crazy. Former, you rooting against the Niners? Huh? You see that? Uh, what's that? What happened? Uh, let's see. Oh no, I'm looking at this. Purdy runs hard like Josh Allen and he throws a pretty pass. A purdy pass? Ha <laughs> ha. Okay. Do the Niners really have a weak link? That's the thing, Joe Pro. It's a really good question. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't think they do. For a reason, I feel like Brock Purdy would show up to my house selling magazines. <laughs> That's hilarious. Doctor Zan, what up, Dre? Um, 
the hate comes from because he's a plain white, no seasoning. Eh. I don't know. I don't think that's the case. Josh Allen's plain white. <laughs> Even this, it would have Jose Altuve played QB. Good lord, could you imagine? He'd have to every every pass would be a jump pass. Uh, their only weak link is Shanahan is a douche. What's up, McLovin? Uh, is he? I don't even know. Is he a douche? I don't know the guy. That's true, too, Sean. Their ability to stay healthy has been a problem. We'll see. We'll see. I'll tell you this. When you look at the Niners, I, and, and Felix asked me this yesterday on the show, he said, okay, well, if Brock Purdy's not the weak link for the, uh, for the 49ers, then what's their weak link? I was like, well, if I have to give you one, uh, I'll probably go back up long snapper. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> Honestly, what is it? Is it their secondary? I mean, you can't say pass rush. The Lions did run the ball on them a bit. and you know, up the teeth of that defense in the first half. And maybe that's the blueprint on how to beat them. Give the ball to Pacheco over and over and over. Play fake, hit Kelsey on a post touchdowns but then you got to stop Debo and Christian McCaffrey and Ayuk and Purdy who will get out and run and seize the the field well and I think less than 40 percent of his uh I think yes less than 40 percent of his total passing yards are yards after the catch because that's what people were saying. Ah, oh, but it's just, he throws it. He dumps it down to Debo and C-Mac, and they do all the work. Uh, bitch, what do you think Tua does? But here we are like, oh, my God, the, the, the Dolphins is the best. <laughs> um, I don't think he's the weakest link. He's just not their best player like most quarterbacks. Yeah. Oh, no. Christian McCaffrey and Debo are 1A and 1B by far. Hell, George Kittle might be better <laughs> than Brock Purdy. Uh, maybe Ayuk. Ayuk before Brock. I don't know. But he's not a weak link. They just have a lot of talent. They have Bosa. I mean, that's that that's a stacked squad. What is their... Hold on. Let's see something. Let's see. NFL. Let's go stats. Put this on the screen here. Let's go. Team stats. Complete leaders. So offensively, San Francisco was fifth in total yards. Look at that. 510. Oh, that's postseason. No, we don't. I was like, Dallas had 510 yards a game? In the, no. So San Francisco was second overall in total yards. Okay. 257 yards per game passing, which was good for fourth in the NFL. And 140 yards rushing, which was good for third in the NFL. But what matters is points. They put up the third most points of any team in football at 28.9. Really, really good. And the thing you got to remember is a lot of people think that it's a sexy offense. It's not. For those of you that were Texans fans back in the day, this is a Gary Kubiak style of offense. That Kubiak comes from the Shanahan tree. Kyle Shanahan was here under Kubiak. This is a team that loves zone. They love zone blocking schemes, stretch runs, and play action bootlegs where they hit post routes at three levels. That's literally the offense in a nutshell. 
with Kyle Shanahan's twist on it, right? You've got Christian McCaffrey. But remember, Arian Foster uh, looked amazing in that Texans offense, looked unstoppable in that Texans offense. And it was like, You'd, 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 he'd run the ball well in that zone blocking scheme. You could dump it down to him and let him run. And that's the same thing that Christian McCaffrey is doing. Debo um, is just a, a tough dude to tackle. He doesn't lose. Let's say he doesn't lose the games. That that's all you ask of a QB with that much talent around him. Yeah, true. Just don't don't be a dumbass, right? So it, it's it's a. It's not like a high-flying, run-and-shoot kind of offense. This is a very much a West Coast amalgamation of an offense. But, boy, they can put up points. Uh, now, but let's look at their defense, though, because that's what I also wanted to discuss. Yards per game defensively. San Fran was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8th in the league. In total yards per game. Yeah. Um, passing yards per game. Uh, they gave up 214. So they were like kind of middle of the pack. Rush yards per game. They were third. Which is why it was surprising too that Detroit went out and did what they did early in the first half of that game. Tamir Gibbs is good, but man, they were... They were, they were running the ball. And then points per game. Uh, where's San Fran at? There you go. 17 a game. So it's like when I say that I think their secondary might be their weakest link. What? Like what? what, what is their weak link? I mean, they're third least points allowed per game in the regular season. They were the third stingiest rush defense. They were middle of the pack in allowing 214 passing yards a game. And then we just saw what they did on offense. It was crazy. So this this is a complete football team. And the crazy thing is, the crazy thing is, as good as this team is, until I'm proven otherwise, I'm not picking against Patrick Mahomes. I ain't doing it. I don't give a shit. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. You crazy. You crazy. I'm not doing it again. I'm not picking against Jordan again. I'm not picking against LeBron again. Just because Steph shows up. Look at me. Nope. Not doing it. So. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to, I'm, if I'm just picking straight up, I'm probably just going to pick the Chiefs. <laughs> Poor reason, I'm team Chiefs and Taylor Swift. I mean, that is kind of a reason, like, like uh, Trey said yesterday, that is kind of a reason to root against them. Just to see her sad. Yeah, Joe Bros is getting ridiculous, like, picking against Brady. You're not doing that. Yeah, you're just, you just, that's a dumb bet. I think he ain't going to win every year. But more often than not, just makes sense to just keep picking the best quarterback in the league and the best player on the planet. So, 
Um, I pick against LeBron. He has lost more than he's won. Okay. Bear on deck. Yeah, I don't blame you. Mahomes might be the best everyone. It's all over. Uh, he has a little ways to go to catch Brady, but he's on his way. Yeah, I said jokingly, this is a guy who could win. And I, I kind of, Jerome brought it up. Are we looking at kind of a LeBron, Jordan scenario with Brady and Patrick Mahomes? And it's like, yeah. And the crazy thing is, is Patrick Mahomes could win seven or eight Super Bowls. It's, it, that is not, that is not a crazy thing. Okay. That's not crazy. He absolutely could win seven or eight Super Bowls. Absolutely could. How old is Patrick Mahomes? He's still young. Uh, let's see. Patty Pat. Uh, it's 28. 28! What? That man will play for another decade and still not hit 40. What? What? That man is 28 years old. That's just, that's just sick. So, yeah, it would not surprise me if the man gets seven Super Bowls. Wouldn't surprise me. And I'm not talking about Evil Death Robert Ory won a bunch of championships, too. Nah, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about David Carr going to New York and winning a Super Bowl as a backup for the Giants. I'm talking he's good enough. Yeah, I mentioned that earlier, Joe Parr. I don't know if you're here or not. He said, I'm Team Walt. If Mahomes takes a team-friendly deal next time, he, we could be. Uh, it could be trouble. Yeah, I, I don't even know. I think what Mahomes needs is a good defense and just a, a top-five pass catcher. Tight end, receiver, whatever, right? Decent run game. Good defense because he's doing it this year with it. And in the past, he's done it without a good defense because he had a bunch of talent on offense. So how many titles did Brady have at 28? Good question, Titan Hugo. Let's see. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Seven-time Super Bowl champion. Jeez, he had seven himself. Let's see. Uh, he's forty-six. I don't know when did when was he drafted? What? How old was he when he was drafted? I don't know, bro. I'd have to. That's a lot of mathing. That's a lot of mathing. His deal's already team friendly. Who? Mahomes? Mm-mm. No, no. I don't think it is. They won four more after age 35. Did they really? Damn. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, because they won it in 2001. Uh, what was it? Uh, 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 uh. They won it in... 2002, 2004, 2005, and then he beat Pete Carroll in 
He was born in 77. 87, 97. 2007. So 2017, he would have been 40. So he would have been 38 in 2015 when he won his fourth. It's crazy. Crazy. He spread his salary out or did something to make that mega deal friendly. Who? Mahomes? Oh. I was going to say, it wasn't at first. That It, it wasn't at first. Let's go to Spot Track. Let's go look at it, look at it, look at it, look at it up on Spot Track. On Spot Track. Spot, spot Track. What? Subscribe to our newsletter? No. I don't want to do that, Patrick. Mahomes in my auto. All right, here's his deal with Spot Track. Then he signed a 10 year deal. Let's see here. Look at those cap hits. Don't look very friendly to me. Uh, I mean, the dead cap money is crazy. But you're not trading Patrick Mahomes, so you don't have to worry about dead cap money. You just have to think about the cap hit. So they're in the midst of $57 million cap hit, $6 million restructuring deal. And he had signed Patrick Mahomes on a 10-year, $450 million contract, including... $10 million signing bonus, 141 guaranteed, which is crazy that Patrick Mahomes didn't sign a fully guaranteed deal. The NFL is wild for that. Wild for that. Um, average annual salary, 45. 2024, Mahomes' base salary is $8.6 million. Roster bonus of 35.9 and a workout bonus of a million. Cap hit of 57, a dead cap value of 114. Uh, let's see, 2023 restructuring details. 2023 salary and bonus will work out fully guaranteed. 20 signing bonus guaranteed. Hmm. Doesn't say. Let's see. Annual base salary. I mean, we can uh, okay. Transactions. Let's see what this does. Uh, 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 Find fifty thousand for verbally abusing officials. <laughs> Suck it, nerd. Let's see. Uh, we got fined three times this year. He got sassy. Oh no, that's not fine. Converted twelve million of thirty-four million roster bonus into a signing bonus, clearing nine million of cap space. See, that's okay. Yeah, that's what Spoon was saying. I think they keep converting the salary. That's that's crazy to me. Well, then why have a salary cap? You know what I mean? I mean, I'm just going to go off on a tangent, but why have a salary cap? If you can skirt it by going, well, let me convert some of this money. Why have a salary cap? Just let everybody spend whatever they want. Signed a restructured contract that moves an additional $43 million into the 2023 to 2026 season with $208 million guaranteed for practical purposes. And then every year, they'll just be like, yeah, I'll gladly pay you a Tuesday for a hamburger today. Bro, what? It's just like the Dodgers in baseball. We're going to give you a bajillion dollars. We're going to give you $7 a day. For the next bajillion years. 
Your great 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 grandkids will still be making seven dollars a day. It's wild. It's it's silly. It really is what it is. It's silly. What are we doing? Why you have a sour cap? <laughs> Joe Brown said, holy shit, a wimpy from Popeye's reference? Who in the hell are you, Laminek, my dad? Yeah, you know, not every organization has $25 million extra to pay up front. Well, just defer it. Otani signed a deal Japan was like, you only think you won World War II? Okay. Oh, that means we're just old. Yeah, we are. Um, I did want to show you this real quick. Guys, check this out. Because we were talking about Dan Campbell. This is a cool link I found uh, where it was questioning Dan Campbell's decisions, right? But, 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 that's not why I wanted to show it to you. It's got NFL playoffs fourth down analysis. In 2024 fourth down analysis. Fourth down decisions. The Chiefs had 18. Bills had 12, Bucks had 13, Lions had 18, Ravens had 14, Dolphins 6, Packers 6, Texans had 10, along with the Niners. And then it shows you fourth down decisions, how many they got correct, how many they got incorrect. Um, how many were neutral or toss-ups? And then let's see. Uh, correct percentage and win probability added. Remember I was telling you about the win probability? Um, go for it, win probability added. And kick, punt, win probability added. So you can see this, right? So the go for it, win probability added. added. The Texans were not good. Lions, the best in the playoffs. Uh, Eagles were the best with uh, win probability added. When the Texans were what, what, one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, but let's see. Where's the correct? Here we go. Six cor uh, correct percent. The Bills and the Dolphins, the Rams and the Steelers were correct 100% of the time on whether they should go for it or not and then convert. So, oh, no, wait. Is that? Uh, oh, no. Correct percent is like. It says you should go for it, and they did. I believe that's correct. Yeah. Because uh, then there's like correct, incorrect, 11 and 4. Yeah. 6 and 0, 2 and 0. So no incorrects is 100%. And neutrals is doesn't matter. It doesn't change the game one way or the other. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And then the decisions that they had to make, uh, Lions had the most. And Dan, crazy Dan, crazy Dan. 11 times made the correct decision to go for it. Four times he didn't. So, um, Bobby Bonilla still gets paid by the Mets. Yes, he does. Jen said we're just old. Yes. We are. <laughs> Mets still paying for a lander, too. Uh, I know I'm referring to the signing bonus. Not every organization has upfront money. Chiefs can do that because they have Super Bowls. Oh. Yeah. Um, I guess so. 
Some of them got the money, though, bro. Most of them are. Most of them love to play poor. Ain't no NFL team broke. I promise you, you can think of the lowliest, what you might consider to be the brokest team in the NFL. If they had a chance to do that same exact deal for Patrick Mahomes, they'd do it. They could do it. They would do it. They all got money. Just some have more than others, but they all have enough to do it. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not like baseball, where like, I truly believe in baseball. Some teams in some markets just ain't making money. How in the hell are the Marlins making any scratch outside of their TV deal? They probably get paid more to travel than they make at home. Like, it's just, ugh. I don't think it's the same in, in the NFL for sure. All right, let's get out of here. We didn't get to the basketball stuff. We'll do that next week, I guess. I guess. Hey, don't forget, tonight, 6 to 7, I'll be on your radio dial here in Houston, Texas on ESPN 97.5 with my boy Jerome Solomon. We doing game on. Pew, pew, pew. Game on, me and Jerome, ESPN 97.5. Yes, I'll be doing it from the house. So when you log into the chat, I've blocked and ignored a lot of the haters that are in that chat. They're like, they got this smart ass shit to say. I'll be ignoring that. Uh, but yes, I do the show from the house. Because I'm not driving an hour one way and then an hour back to do a one hour show. So I'm going to do drive for two hours. Do a what? Three hours of how would I do that? We it's 2024. We have the technology. So what? There's no news. I didn't send news. Good night. Have a fun weekend to you as well, Evil Death. All right, guys. Uh, I love you all. Much love to you for hanging out with me. Uh, sorry it was a short week of shows. I wasn't expecting the TV thing to happen, but I had to take advantage of it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I'll see you guys on Monday. I guess enjoy whatever sports you can muster up this weekend. Pro Bowl stuff. Maybe some Rockets. Whatever. I love you, Mina. I love you all. I appreciate you all. Thank you for being here. Do me three favors before I see you next week. Be safe, kind, and most importantly, love you. And I do want to say thank you to Jen and Donna and uh, Pete Dubs and Sylvia for your Thankful Thursdays. And thanks to Dubs and Sylvia and Donna for their Thankful Thursdays last week. Donna's in her customary $10. Dubs in his customary $7. Jen and Sylvia sent in $5. You guys are amazing. Thank you to Cece for her thankful Thursday last week. Uh, the support continues to be unbelievable. And I, every week that it goes by, I feel less and less worthy. But I love you guys and I appreciate you so much. So I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. I'll see you next week. Go team. Hey, appreciate you, Alec. Travel safe, homie. Bye. Daddy's making a YouTube video.